Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Kyra Morrison. How are you doing, good sir? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I'm starting to sweat more than I would like to, but mostly I'm good. Oh, yeah, I am not coping with that at the moment. <laughs> it's Our house gets very hot and we have no air conditioning, so that's... Not great. Yeah, our house also gets hot, and because the sun spends most of the day trained on the side of the house, all our fun stuff is in. That room just becomes yep. a sauna, essentially. So that's always yep, great. Pretty much. Yeah, same here. House problems. Uh, oh god, yeah. Tell me about it. That's why we're hopefully moving soon. Oh, fingers crossed. But anyway, um, well, we're back. After a couple of weeks. We are. A couple of, couple of weeks break. Um, yeah, so in the meantime, we, we popped out our uh, our uh, Playing with Superpower first episode, um, which is, is good. I hope you enjoyed it it's if fun. you listened to it. Um, I'll be honest, Joel, I yeah. haven't started on the next game yet. <laughs> Neither have I. There's been way too... Actually, it's very evident in when I start, when we go through what we've been playing, because it's very evident that uh, there's been lots of other things going on. Um, but uh, yeah, I will get to it eventually. I thought about it the other day and I was like, oh shit, I should probably start that game. Um, I'm going to try yeah, and sink some time into it later in December. <laughs> yeah, that's probably when I'm going to try and get to it as well. I've got way too much on my plate at the moment. Yeah. Oh, I feel you, man. Um, it's like that Christmas. It's coming in quick. Oh yeah. Well, then, then Black Friday uh, sales that apparently we have now. So Yeah, we America. Sure, why not? Yeah, like it's like so every, it just popped up out of nowhere. Like every so, every second email I was receiving all week was just like Black Friday sales, Black Friday sales. And I'm like, where am I? So what? That's the thing that was weird. Like, because I know we had a lot of these sort of sales last year. Like, I remember specifically yeah. picking up cheap games at Big W, and EB had mm-hmm. all their good deals and all that. But this year, EB especially, like I, there were heaps of other places, but that's the one that struck me out the most. EB was fully like, yeah, Black Friday sale, and I was, I was just like, yeah. Like, all right, here we are. We are here. They're trying. They went in. Jeez. They went in fucking hard with it too. Like it's, I mean, you can get uh, an Xbox One S with Wolfenstein, Assassin's Creed, and something else. Forza, maybe. Maybe it was Forza. Um, it was a good deal, regardless. Uh, yeah, for like two hundred and seventy-nine bucks. I'm like, that's ridiculous. JB's Black Friday Absolutely deal ridiculous. was like a Switch for three ninety-nine, which is like seventy bucks off for one day only. Oh. Oh, I need to buy another Switch because I'm well, going to get one for Ash for Christmas. I think you've missed that deal. I think it was only in, it was yeah, until close I, of business. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was today. Um, I did see it and I was like, oh, maybe I'll... And then I ended up not doing it. But um, but anyway, like like I've been saying, we've, we've been playing a lot of stuff over the last few weeks. Um, well, I know I have, especially. But shall we dive into what we've been playing, Kyron? That sounds good, Joel. Cool. Wow. Do you want me to kick off, or do you want to go first? Uh, well, mine will probably be shorter because okay. there's one game. Let's, of, let's... of course, we've been we can co-op on again because it's it's Ooh, it's yeah, the promised like continuation of that game. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, um. All right. We'll kick us off then, Karen. Okay. Well, first of all, there's a bit of backstory behind the first game I've been playing, and it's the fact that I bought a laptop, Joel. Hey. I w- it was like a Monday morning. I'd done my first week of like brutal Christmas hours and I was standing in JB Hi-Fi and was just like, screw it, laptop, bye, let's do this. 
Nice. Oh, so that's awesome. I immediately hit up obviously Steam and all that just for the sake of like going. Whoa, Steam's like, hey, welcome back. Uh, Thirty or forty of your games are on sale. I'm like, oh, good. Here we go. Yep. Steam's back. Oh yeah. You picked a good time to cut to jump back into Steam because yeah, I had an email that was like sixteen of game. Your games are on sale at the moment. I was like, oh fuck. Gotta love it. But the good thing is, mm. at least for the Steam sales, you can probably wait until the Christmas sale in a month's time if you can't afford it now because the deals yeah. will repeat. I guarantee it. Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll be very similar, if not the same. Exactly. But the game I ended up going for first was free-to-play. It was a free-to-play game. Okay. It was an MMO, which was simply called Lord of the Rings Online. Now, it's <laughs> it's a game that, from what I played of it, you know, as an MMO, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a ride. It's an MMO. It's, an MMO. it's not going to beat world of warcraft or final fantasy 14 there's a reason it's pretty much free to play for the the initial quest lines and all that but Mm -hmm. what i will say that it has over both of those games is they don't let me just sort of wander around middle earth and this game does and awesome the best way to sort of get a decent sized middle earth is to have it in an mmo sized world because those games are huge because they have to be obviously but of course yeah it just it just captures how big Middle Earth is. Like, no other game really gets that. And I get it, because they're usually, like, hack and slash or action-adventure or they're Lego games or they're the Middle Earth games, which are open world, but only in, like, a set region. Uh, but this one sort of... You get to... You pick your race, you pick your class, and you basically kick off. And so I'm a, I'm an elf, and my class is... Nice. I, I think it's Hunter. Basically... When you pick your class, it sort of gives you an idea of what character it is based off, which is, again, really cool if you're coming into it as a fan of the series, but you don't know much about MMOs. You're like, maybe I want to play like Legolas or Gimli. Yep. And you can sort of use that as a guide. So you can choose from the usual suspects. There's like Man, uh, Elf, Dwarf, Hobbit. And if you are a premium customer and buy some currency, you can also choose from... Oh, I forget. I think that was an extra race. Maybe it was high. Okay. Maybe it was high elf. I can't remember if high elf was a thing, but it's uh, there are definitely things in here for you to spend real money on, which again is fine because the game is free to play. You start it up exactly. And no, no charges will be incurred upon you. Um, right. But yeah, so nothing huge to say about it. The story so far has been pretty bare bones because again, it's an MMO. Nothing's really going to kick off just yet. I've sort of just been questing around the Shire region. I I had the joy of walking from Ered Luin to the Shire, which was just like there's the music is is good, and you can scroll all right. the way into first person. So I was like, cool, this is how I'm doing this. I'm just walking down the road, <laughs> walking into the Shire, going, hey, look, it's back again. What's up? No Frodo here because he's already left. But yeah, it's it's really cool if you like a lot of rings. It's not going to win any MMO of the year awards, but. Just being in Middle Earth is so good, and I will... The second that someone... I said this on Twitter the other day. Uh, when someone makes a VR, like, Middle Earth walking simulator is when I buy a VR headset, because... And maybe it could happen. <laughs> maybe it could happen. Christopher, uh, it's... Christopher Tolkien has stepped away from the Tolkien estate, and he was... Very true, yeah. He was the man sort of keeping it... I don't want to... S- he was blocking a lot of stuff. For better or worse, I think it will suffer now that he's left a lot. But we're getting an Amazon oh, TV course. series, so, you know, that's fine. The floodgates are open now. It's going to yeah. be a Star Wars treatment for and, better or worse. So, and it sort of yeah. worries me. But again, uh, more Middle Earth. Just give it to me. I'll, bathe, I'll wash it into my skin. I'll absorb it all. 
Uh, hey, at least you know that. At least you know that EA is not going to get their hands on it. Exactly. No one's going to trust them with anything ever again. But at the same time, like currently, the license is in the hand of hands of Warner Brothers, who aren't much better. Uh, very true. Like the only reason that they didn't get dragged into the spotlight, like EA have over the last month or so, is because sure, there's pretty gross microtransactions in Shadow of War, but it's not pay to win, which Battlefront Two ultimately came out as and then like the rest of that fallout was insane and shadow shadow of war was probably just like Ooh. oh geez thank god we didn't have pvp yeah don't put pvp oh, in the next man. game guys because ea's shown us that's a bad idea our microtransactions oh, yeah. would be paid to win and that would be bad so fucking garbage yeah ea sort of paraded themselves as an example of what not to do essentially which is nice of them i also i also like to think that like that warner brothers are probably going Oh, thank God EA fucked up so badly. Now we're out of the spotlight. I think, Jesus. Like, I think so. Like, as gross as I still feel like booting up Shadow of War, I'm still like, well, you know, the microtransactions don't feel as egregious as Battlefronts, which is, again, it's not a great bar to set. It shouldn't, I shouldn't be booting up a game and going, well, at least these microtransactions aren't as shitty as this other game's microtransactions. But it's the world we yeah, live but- in. It's also, too, that, like, from what I hear about Battlefront 2, like, if you take all the controversy and everything out of it, it's just not a very good game. But like, the single-player campaign yeah. is not great, and it's pretty samey, and that's the that's the disappointing part. Exactly. Like, sure, the, the microtransaction transaction stuff is um, is pretty garbage, but, like, that's disappointing that they, they fucked up a Star Wars game. That's a, Whereas with, that's a with thing. Middle-Earth, with, like, Shadow of War, like, at least that game is fun, because it's still like, the Shadow of Mordor-style gameplay. Yeah. So... And that's exactly it. Like, I personally haven't played Battlefront 2, from, but from all I'm hearing, like, this campaign they were, like, standing on stage and shouting about is pretty garbage, which sucks. Because that's the thing that could have saved that game. If that campaign had been good... Absolutely. It could have been, it's like, well, the microtransactions suck and it ruined multiplayer, but at least the single player is fun. But it sounds like even the single player lacks any sort of enjoyment and from what i hear it's like repurposed like multiplayer maps and repetitive boring objectives and sometimes you control the hero characters but it's just like it's as safe as you can get for a star wars game so i don't understand how they fucked that up especially after having battlefield one last year that had a great from what i hear a great single player campaign the the single player in that that game was good and it would that that style of gameplay and that style of single player campaign would have worked perfectly in the star wars well, that's the thing, like, it, but e- even the setup... I don't know how they fucked it up. The setup of the campaign in Battlefront 2, oh, there's so much potential there. Like, the idea of playing as an Imperial yeah. soldier, as like, and you start as the second Death Star gets blown up, but it apparently yep. just plays out as we all expected. She because she joins the Rebels when she finds that apparently they're building a new planet, or planet-destroying space station, or whatever bullshit the Empire's cooking up. Yeah, what's it called? And she Project basically, Cinder or something? Yeah. Something like that. And she just defects yeah. to the Rebels, and it's like, well, I knew that was going to happen. Thanks for <laughs> letting me know I was right. And you can play as fucking everyone as well, because they're like, look at all the cool people you can play as that we want you to spend money on. Anyway, yeah, but the Luke, anyway, we're, the, the we're Luke, getting sidetracked. The Luke Skywalker segment, you just fight bugs with a lightsaber. Yeah. That's... Crap. Protect, it's, it's a essentially an escort mission because you're protecting someone yeah, while they're trying to hack a door. Crap, that's garbage. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, it's so bad. But anyway, but yeah, the point I was trying to make is that like at least at least like Shadow of War was still you know a good game. Yeah. I guess. Well, as we discussed, like purposes. Black Friday sales, I I ended up picking that up today, so I'll have more to say about that next week. Right, and I will not be buying Battlefront Two. 
nope me neither and that pain it makes me sad because i was if you go back and listen to our like you know most anticipated for the rest of the year it was on my top 10 i was super pumped for it but i, I don't remember i have no intention it may have been on my store because that was before the beta, and the beta was when it was starting to go. Oh, maybe, yep. maybe I'm not into this. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that was that was that when the the warning bell started going off. Yeah. But, oh boy. Uh, but yeah, so Lord of Rings Online is good. It's free to play. So if you're interested in Middle Earth, just boot it up. Like it's cool. You get to name your character, and you'll go through and do deeds and get like sweet titles and all that. It's just. It's fun being in Middle Earth, especially when you're working grueling Christmas hours. You can just go chill in the Shire. When you're just like... Sounds uh, like a good escape. Yeah, just yeah. hang out. Hang out with the hobbits. It's good. Good game, fun game. Fuck yeah. But uh, the other game I've been playing, and I'm not sure, do you want to do that now, or do you want to do your stuff first and then come back around to this? Because... All right, yeah, we'll come back to it, I think. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Because I've played a lot more of that said game. Um, you've, so you've I, reached, I've got a lot more to talk about. You've it, reached yeah. credits, and that's the main thing. I want, I want to talk about just how exactly. good all that last stuff was. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, while you were over in the land of a rising sun, Joel, what were you playing? Um, well, I was playing the other game we're going to talk about soon. But um, for the most part, that was what I was playing uh, either on like bullet trains and hotels and whatnot. Um, but uh, I thought I'd touch on some of the stuff I actually played in Japan, like Japanese stuff. Um and some cool shit that I did while I was over there. Uh, the starters, I drove a fucking go-kart through the streets of Tokyo dressed as Luigi, so that was kind of fun, um, if not nerve-wracking and terrifying. Uh, but if you are going to Japan at all, um, they have multiple locations. It's a place called... It's a company called Mari Car, so totally not, nothing affiliated with Nintendo. Yeah, because well, they, um, they nearly got taken down by Nintendo recently, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah, uh, which... Which is a shame because the whole concept of it is such a fucking, it's the coolest way to see the city. Like I, I, I drove through Shibuya Crossing, like the busiest crossing, one of the busiest crossings in the world, three times at seven o'clock on a Sunday night, um, while I was dressed as Luigi, and it was just the fucking best. Um, if you go there, like I cannot stress how how much fun it is. You just need your international driver's license if you're from Australia. I don't know what the rules are like overseas, um, but if you're from Australia, you just go on the RACV website and it's like 49 bucks and they send it to you. And, uh, and then as long as you've got that in your passport, you can, you can go and do it. It was reasonably priced. It was probably, it was definitely one of the highlights of my trip for sure. Um, I, I was just, I was just giggling the entire time. You pull up at intersections and everyone start waving at you and stuff. You felt like a celebrity. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, so I did that. Um, on the same day, I also went and played some VR stuff. Um, because in Shinjuku, which is where we were staying, there's a place called VR Zone, which is uh, run by Bandai Namco. It's uh, or powered by Bandai Namco, I think is what the, the, the way they were describing it. Um, which is cool, because that means I had a couple of licenses there to play with. Um, most importantly, and the reason why I went there in the first place, is they had Mario Kart in VR. So I had a very Mario Kart day. Um, but everything's running on HTC Vive. And it was the first time I played with Vive. Um, and it's really cool. Like the, the, all the setups they have are like really unique. So for Mario Kart, they actually had like little like fake go-karts that you would sit in. So you'd sit in them and they'd like move and rumble and, and, and there'd be like feedback coming through the cart as well. So it sort of, it was quite realistic and I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, uh, but I, I, I must say it got overshadowed by something else I did there, which was, um, I did a couple of other things as well, like mech-based things. I did a Gundam stuff and some other thing called Argyle Shift, which was fun. Um, 
and I was going to do Evangelion, but the, I realized I'd already done two mech-esque games. Oh, man. Uh, and the line for... I know, I'm really sad I didn't, um, but the line was a little bit long, and I was worried about making it to my Mario Kart appointment, like my actual real-life one. Should have chosen uh, Ava but, over Gundam. I, I should have, yeah, but there was no line for Gundam. That was what that was what was so sweet about it. And it was kind of fun. It was very confusing. But, um, but yeah, so... The thing that didn't have a line, though, Kyron, funnily enough, was uh, the Dragon Ball Z uh, experience. So I went and did that, and <laughs> it was cool. So I basically like they they you put the headset they put the headset on you and you put um, Vive controllers on your on your hands. They got like gloves that have like sensors. They wrap one around your waist, and then you also have to take your shoes off and wear Crocs that have like sensors on the feet as well. So you had essentially full body capture, which was really cool and really important for what you actually got to do. So first, the first stage was you had to do like just normal energy beams from your hands and do like the the, the palm movements towards uh, and, like firing off energy blasts, which was cool. Uh, and then they showed you how to uh, power up. So you had to like assume the position, like slightly squatted hands down by your waist and like it would start to power up. But the cool thing was, when you did that, um, the big platform that you stood on starts to rumble. So you actually felt like you were sort of like drawing energy from like, you know, out of the earth into your hands. And it was just the coolest feeling. And then they teach you how to do a Kamehameha. And uh, yeah, so you have to do the position, right foot back, hands down by your your hip. And then um, you didn't, I found this out afterwards that you didn't have to be as enthusiastic as i no, was you, about you it is an obligation joel exactly and the guy the guy demonstrating was great because he was like full into it you could hear him anywhere in the venue like the, you, you'd just be like standing at a line somewhere on the other side of the venue and you just hear ah! from over the other side of the, the the room um and he was so excited and so like i was giving it my all and apparently according to ash he was very excited with my with my uh, my efforts, but um, but yeah. So and then you 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 know say, uh, and then push your hands forward and hold them there, and you fucking did a kamehameha. But when you did it, not only did the floor rumble in front of you, there's like a big, big like plate thing that's got like all these little holes in it, and they're air jets. So depending on where you fire, it blasts air at you as well. It was the cool. Honestly, I'm not like super Dragon Ball Z fan. I've watched a little bit of it. I'm not uh, a massive fan, like say, like like yourself. Um, But I enjoy it, and I understood it. Um, Look, there is something inherently cool about firing up a Kamehameha. That attack is obviously a staple of a Dragon Ball series. Like ever since Dragon Ball, when I think it was Master Roshi who did it. I I haven't watched Dragon Ball in so long. The important thing is that now that everyone can use it, but obviously that would be cool. I cannot wait for them to catch up and like somehow change it to be like super, which as I've already discussed a few at length, Joel. (laughs) No, I'm assuming not many of our listeners actually watch Dragon Ball Super. If they do, at me on Twitter because I'm having a great time with this current arc. But in the most Boy. recent episode, so if you know anything about Dragon Ball, you can go off with Joel's description of the Kamehameha if you don't. Imagine mm-hmm. imagine a cat like Goku's charging his Kamehameha and this this guy, this 
well, it's actually a, a girl, a fused girl, who's just like, no, I don't want you to do this, and starts like throwing energy. So he's like dashing around, charging his Kamehameha, bouncing off rubble. And then she fires a huge beam attack. And in the past, Goku would just be like, ah, instant transmission to like warp behind him and just fire it at them. But he went for style points this time, Joel. And like, oh, yeah. he, with the energy cupped in his hands, he like puts it beneath him as he's ju- like flipping over and uses it to grind along the energy beam until he's right in front of his character and then just unleashes. And it's so cool. They're having so much fun I, must, in Super. I love it. I, I I have seen that 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 clip and it's pretty fucking awesome. I, and there's a great like series of reaction videos as well of people <laughs> who are watching it and just freaking the fuck oh, out. And it's even better. I was so excited. Yeah. I I recommend you just go and check it out on YouTube. It's if you search for like Dragon Ball Super Kamea like Goku Kamehameha. I think it was one sixteen the episode number. It'll probably pop up. Yep. It's just a good time. Yep. Anyway, um, the important thing is the Kamehameha is a cool move. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it, it was such a cool experience. It was probably my... I honestly think it was my favourite of the four things that I did. Mario Kart was really fun, but it was exactly what I expected it to be. Which um, is Mario The Kamehameha... Kart. Yeah, exactly. And it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like, they had, like, balloons floating around. You had to, like, reach up and... They had, like, either, like, a banana peel or a turtle shell or a hammer. And you grab up and grab those items and then you could throw them at people. The hammer you could use to like hold onto and just swing around you and like knock people over. Was it um, maybe not as memorable? And again, I'm not saying it was bad, but you afterwards did literally drive a cart around Japan. That might've changed things a little bit for yeah. you. Yeah. I think that was also the case as well. I kind of, I kind of wish I'd separated the days now. I thought I was being really clever and like, I'm going to have a Mario Kart day, but it was like, <laughs> clearly this is going to overshadow it. Um, but yeah, like the the Dragon Ball was so much fun, and it was great just like getting to unleash and scream like as I'm powering up in this public place, and no one batting an eyelid or just people just going, "Oh yeah, cool." Um, oh, he's playing Dragon which Ball. Is, exactly, yeah. It was like you know, like excuse number or like reason number five hundred and sixty-two why Japan's amazing. Um, but I also played some arcade stuff as well. Um, I went to a couple of arcades where I could. Um, in Osaka, on our last night in Osaka, I went to Round 1, which is like a franchise of, um, big arcades. Um, they also have, like, bowling and, like, slot machines and all that kind of, like, stuff that's, yeah, they're, they're video games and pachinko and things like that as well, but it's, it's just gambling. Good old pachinko. Um, oh yeah, I actually, I actually played a pachinko machine. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was by myself. Um, it was while we were staying at a Royken in the middle, like not in the middle of nowhere, but like, you know, somewhere that they had like a little tiny arcade in as part of the, the Royken we were staying at. And it was like 10.30 at night. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go check out, see what the arcade's like. There was no one in there. And I'm like, oh, Pachinko, maybe I'll just give it a go. No idea. I have no idea what to do. Uh, I, I put a hundred yen in and I was like, cool. All right. <laughs> Enjoy the hundred yen. No idea. W- but was it, also it a Konami everything- machine or... <laughs> I don't know. I actually didn't check. <laughs> it might have been actually. You may um, have just gave but, him some money. I might have, yeah. But it, the cool thing was every uh, just to bring it back to anime again. Every time we walked past one of like the pachinko parlors, um, most of them had the Evangelion one, <laughs> and so all yeah. of them were playing um, the fucking theme song from Evangelion. Oh, cruel, which meant cruel it just angels! Got stuck in my head. <laughs> yep. So it just it was stuck in our head for the entire trip, which was great. We'd be walking down the street and we just start going. 
And yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah, it is a great song. Um, totally not indicative of what that show is about. Um, <laughs> it's so upbeat and it's oh wolf. Um, but yeah, so I played uh, at round one. I was walking through the rhythm game section as I do because that was pretty cool. So. Um, and they had all your usual staples like your DDRs, and um, they had the uh, the one that's like a it's like it's like a screen with like a circle of buttons around it. Um, there's some of them in Melbourne as well. You've probably seen them before, and it's basically you like you can tap all the buttons as they come out from the middle. It's basically like Persona dancing all night. Oh yeah. So like they go they go out from the middle to a certain spot, and you have to hit that button, and then at certain points you'll have to hit the button and then drag across the screen. Um, it'll have like a, like a drag line or you have to hold and then, yeah. Um, so I played that a few times at a few different places. Um, mainly because, uh, it had a song from the soundtrack of your name on it. And I, I, I was walking by and I heard it and my ears pricked up and I walked over to the machine. I'm like, well, I'm playing this now. Um, <laughs> but I also found some dancing all night songs on there. And I found, uh, one of the songs from Bayonetta as well. They had like a Sega section on it. What was the Bayonetta had, like, song? That. Ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember it. It wasn't... It was one that I was like, I kind of remember this, but it wasn't, like, super memorable. It wasn't, like, was, one of the main ones, I don't think. Was it at the start, or was it, like, a just a Bayonetta song? I think it was just a Bayonetta song, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was. I, I took note of it in my mind, but I've... The reason I asked is because, very memorably, Bayonetta 1 starts with, uh, in that graveyard fight, with Flying Me to the Moon. Yeah, it was, definitely wasn't Flying Me to the Moon, unfortunately. Um... Because, yeah, I would have remembered that. Uh, but, yeah, so I played a whole bunch of rhythm games. Um, I also played the the drum one. That's got, like, the big, like, drum control that you can get for PS4 now, I think, in Japan. Because they had oh. it on sale there, and I almost bought it. Taiko, Taiko. Yeah, yeah, that that one. Yeah, the it's got a it's got a really fun name. It is hard. I would like to learn it and get better at it, because it was... it's. It's a good workout and it's a good like stress relief as well because like you're just bashing on this massive drum, which is fun. Um, yeah, Ash played the uh, the Pokemon arcade game as well, which was kind of cool. Uh, I'd like to play it so I could actually understand what was going on in terms of like the text on screen. Um, but it seems that like you could get cards, I think, from like Gacha machines as well, uh, or you could buy them, and you had like Pokemon that you could actually level your Pokemon up and take them into the fights as well. It, it, you're actually like fighting Pokemon and, and um, catching like capturing them as well. And you could save them to your little card as well. So you, the Pokemon that you catch, you could actually take with you. See, that's um, cool, but that's what Pokemon is. It is. Yeah. It was, but it, it's, it's a little bit different in terms of like, you know, in terms of selecting attacks and stuff, it, again, I don't really know how it worked, but like it had like a bar across the middle of the screen. It was based almost almost like an active time battle, like where you had to like at certain points you had to like bash the button to try and get further ahead in the queue, so you could actually use your super attack first and do damage to the other Pokemon. Um, and there was like elements of chance to it. It was it was a completely different experience. It was interesting to see. Um, but yeah, Ash just sort of sat down at it and was I'm going to give this a go. Um, so that was kind of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, like it's, oh man, I did so much stuff over there, but that were the things I thought I'd bring up, uh, on the show just because they were kind of relevant to what we talk about, which is video games. Well, you've um, also now tried 
again, more VR, and also you've tried proper mm-hmm. VR in the form of Vive. Exactly. Yeah, I have. And I think it was a good setting to try it in as well. It was like a... It's exactly what I think VR, the future of VR should be as as, as an attraction-based thing. So you'd go to a place like VR Zone and they'd have all this cool stuff that was like set up and different licenses and things like that. And they had different ways to experience it. So it did actually have that sort of immersion feeling to it, which uh, I think is awesome. I'm totally down for that in terms of like, you know, uh, domestic and, and, and keeping it in like, you know, the general public's houses. I think the barrier of entry is still a little too high. I think it'll be high it for a while now. Like I just don't yeah. see it going yeah. down. And it's not the payoff isn't really worth it no. to have it in your home. Um, not there. I think PlayStation are doing some cool stuff. They're actually getting they're, they're sort of getting their their a good grasp on what what works well for the for the consumer. Um, but yeah, I think attraction based stuff. This where I, I think I paid like like forty five bucks and I got to do four different things. Um, and they were each like you know five minutes each or something like that. They weren't super long, um, but it was, it was cool. And they had other things there as well. Like they had like, they had like a, a horror escape room one. They had like one where you were on a treadmill and you had to run away from a dinosaur. Um, they had like a skiing one. They had the Evangelion one. They had another different Gundam one that I didn't do. Uh, they had fishing, which I almost did. I was very close to doing fishing, but um, I didn't end up doing it in the end. Uh, but yeah, I, I, th- I think it was, it was good to do. Um, I kind of wish I'd done it on a different day, but you know, that's for next time, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so apart from that, when I got back from Japan, uh, there was a game that I've been wanting to buy for a little while now that was still on sale on the PSN. Uh, and I actually bought it while I was sitting in Hong Kong airport on my phone over the Wi-Fi and, um, bought it and, uh, and started the download. I thought, yeah, I'm going to be really smart. When I get home, it'll be downloaded. I'll be able to play it. And when I got home, I realized my PlayStation had turned on to download it, but there was five other things that needed patching. And so they were downloading, and the game that I bought wasn't, which is a shame. Um, Patches. Patch they, life. <laughs> you know, I know, right? It was things like Fortnite, and I was like... I, so I immediately deleted Fortnite. Off. I'm like, I'm not fucking playing that again. Get off here. Yeah, Fortnite um, is very needy with its patches, so I also deleted it because I knew I wasn't going ooh, back. Yeah. Even for Battle Royale, this wasn't happening. Yeah, no, I was the same. I'm like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. Um, but yeah, I ended up buying Everybody's Golf. Finally. Um, I've been wanting to play it for a little while now, but I sort of got sidetracked by Golf Story, which uh, in the grand scheme of things is a better game, I guess. Like, it, it's got a lot more... It's, it's a lot more fun. See, but... I think that's, that's going to come down to what you want out of a golf game, I think. Exactly, yeah. And I like I like what both games bring to the table. I like Again, both of those things. Not not as a detriment, but that's because you like golf games. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I just really like golf games. I like arcadey golf games as well that are like, you know, the three button hit and it's pretty simple to pick up, but there is a little bit of skill to it, which everybody's golf is fantastic for. Um because I played a lot of it on my Vita, like a lot of it on my Vita. And in this week since I've been back, I've played a lot of everybody's golf on PS4. Like, I think the first day that I, I played it, I think I played it for like five or six hours straight, and I didn't even realize the time. I, I was having such a ball with it. Um, and I was only playing single-player stuff. I've, I've dipped in it online once or twice, so I don't really have a full grasp of what's going on there. Um, but basically the thing is uh, with single-player is that you've got tournaments, you level up, you uh, 
when you get to a certain, you do like normal little tournaments, and when you get enough XP, uh, you get a versus character challenge, um, and you go up against them. They'll have specific conditions for that that match, uh, and you play them. If you win, you basically get all of their gear, like their outfits. Jeez, um, so, so it's like it's, it's like playing the golf version of pink slips. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's like strip golf. Strip so, golf. Like, <laughs> That it changes, changes it. Yeah, that changes everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you get all the, the, the... They call them cosplay items. So Because some of them are actual cosplay kind of things. Like, I, I battled a guy that was dressed in, like, a full racist uniform, um, which was cool because when I bet him, not only did I get all that stuff, I also got the ability to drive golf carts around. So that was fun. Um, and you've got, like, a little hub area where you can, like, walk around and there's, like, all the people that you beat in like the normal tournaments will just appear there and it's kind of like a me plaza almost where like all these like characters will be there and you can go up to them and um like hit x and you can basically pick bits of their clothes that you want to take as well wow so what, what, I'm, your, what yeah. I'm getting from this is you are a clothing thief yeah exactly yeah it's like it, the currency of the of the everybody's golf world is is clothing jeez um, that's harsh so that's what you uh, yeah but i mean as a golf game it's pretty much the same uh, spare for a few minor tweaks that are different from the Vita version. Um, the franchise has been going for since the original PlayStation, I'm pretty sure, um, where it was known in mostly in America as Hot Shots Golf. Um, but this is the first iteration where like, everybody in the world is getting it called Everybody's Golf. So it's quite but, legitimately Everybody's Golf now. As I say, it feels appropriate given its name is Everybody's Golf, but everybody would have exactly. the same name. Oh, yeah. It's so jolly, though. Like, all the characters, they look a little bit, like, slightly better me's. Um, and the, the, the character creator is actually pretty robust. There's a little, there's a fair bit for you to tweak there and play around with, which is fun. Um, so I spent a little bit of time playing with that. Uh, and then, yeah, you got all, like, your, the, all the cosmetic stuff that you can get as well. Uh, for, by playing the game, earning coins, beating other characters and buying them in the store and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, as a golf game, it's pretty straightforward. It's your, your basic uh, three-button press to, to swing. So you press to activate, press to set the power, and then press again to uh, set the accuracy or the impact, I think is what they call it. Um, you can also use the D-pad uh, to put spin on the ball. Um, it's a little bit tricky. I found that it's a lot... I've gotten a, a better at it on this version than I did on the Vita version. Um so you can put like uh, top spin, back spin, and side spin on it as well. Uh, you've got to hit the button at the same time as you hit at impact, uh, and then hopefully it'll work and you'll get it right. Uh, you can also do like super top spin and super back spin and super side spin, um, which is cool because if you say you're chipping in uh, on the edge of the green, you're chipping in to try and get closer to the the um, the hole. Um, you can put super back spin on it, so if it goes past it, if you do it right, it'll actually like travel backwards it'll it'll like get blue sparks and then like leave like a blue trail of flames and go backwards and sometimes i actually i got like a amazing chip in with it the other day which was fun so there's all these like sort of like super moves that you can do with like button combos so that's where you can just sort of fumble your way through it just by playing it with like the basic stuff but i've spent a lot of time trying to really get the hang of uh doing all the spin shots and things as well um but it's bright, it's colourful, it's really fun. It's super cheap on the PSN at the moment. Actually, I think at EB Games it's even cheaper, which makes me mad. I think the PSN deal is ended now because it's Black Friday specials. Oh, 
Right, yeah. Well, EB have got it for like, I think like 26 bucks or something at the moment, which is great. If you're into that kind of thing, definitely check it out. You've probably already got it if you're already into that thing as well. But um, it's definitely fun. It's definitely something like if I just, I don't know what I feel like playing. I just be like, ah, let's chuck that on. Or I'll put, chuck some podcasts on while I'm playing. Like I don't have to listen like intently to the music or anything like that or what's being said. So I can I can have like a podcast on or I can have like a movie on in the background and still play it, which is fun. Uh, but yeah, that's been really good to sort of get the swing, get back into the swing of things. Oh, I get it because it's golf. Yeah, totally <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. Um, side note about golf though, I really wish you hadn't shown me that fan game of stuff for Golf Story. Welcome, Ooh, welcome to my almost daily fan game of suffering because I do so mm. much good stuff. Yeah, oh, I always I try to avoid going to that website, but you put it in our group chat the other day. Uh, if you don't show a fan gamer, have released a whole bunch of Golf Story merch. There's a couple of shirts and a poster and some uh, patches as well you can get. Boy, I want them all. Um, that did good there's stuff. a golf shirt, Kyron. I know. There's a golf shirt. Golf is my least favorite part weird. about Golf Story. I, 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 I didn't play it all that much because it wasn't very good, but I think that's the point. Oh, yeah. Um, it was I obviously just, a, I like a the idea of it, yeah. To NES Golf. Yeah. I love the idea of it, though, like, and the fact that it's called Golf, which makes me laugh as well. And the so. fact that it was a, essentially like three like retro golf games inside this golf game yep yep pretty much um insane sidebar you're crazy yeah i like games that do that which that's the teaser for what i'm going to talk about next week what i've been playing because it's a game that i just bought today and i've been playing so uh and it does that as well um but the main game i was playing while i was overseas due to the fact that i had my switch with me and i could do that uh was something that we've both played a lot of, which is Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, we've spoken briefly about it uh, the last time we, we recorded an episode. But um, since then, I've actually hit credits and quite I'm quite a bit past that as well, trying to collect power moons and things past that. Um, so I guess we should preface this that if you haven't played Super Mario Odyssey yet, I would really recommend maybe tuning out for this part. Because um, I, I feel like there are actually spoilers in this game that are you don't want ruined. I think the stuff at the end is very cool, and if you're going to play Mario Odyssey, I would honestly avoid it being spoiled for you. Because mm-hmm. absolutely, it, and I'm glad so I did cool. as well. It was, <laughs> it was very very cool. Um, so yeah, if you want to tune out for like the next uh, maybe ten minutes or so, um, skip past our Mario Odyssey stuff. Um, yeah, just keep hitting that fast forward button until you hear us not talking about it anymore. Um, yeah, so, do you want to start off with the, the spoilery stuff then? Oh, yes, <laughs> I do. I do, Joel. Yeah, I think we need to, because holy shit, the last part of that game, or, I mean, before credits, because there is still so much to play after you hit credits, um, and I feel like, I, I, from what I understand, there's still other things that I don't even know about yet, which is how, mind-boggling. How many moons do you have? How many? I've got, I've got under, I think I've got just over 400 does does the Odyssey still say like collect X moons to power up? Yes. It then does. there are there are still things for you to see. I gathered that and I was like, mm, okay. So I'm like systematically going through worlds right now, trying to um check them off. Uh, like basically, yeah, going through um and just ticking off the ticking off the list and exploring and having fun and getting all those um the extra moons that sort of get added after you oh, finish Jesus. the game as well. Where they're just like, yeah, you think you did really well? Here's Six thousand more. Like, oh, that's um, cool. Next, yeah. 
Well, well, as well, our friend uh, Broad, our our very good friend, but also host of the uh, Hunting Seasons podcast. He um he's hundred percent of it already. He's got stuck into that game, um, which is pretty impressive. Uh, There's a cool reward if you get off away to the end. I I think the thing is like compared to like Korax season, like Breath of the Wild, like I feel like I I this seems more obtainable. There's a lot to do, but it seems more obtainable. Well, I mean, the, the inherent problem with the Korok seeds was they were cool, but it was easy to get sick of them. And again, yep. like once you found out what the reward was at the end, you're just like, well, it's not, not worth bothering. Yeah, okay, cool. Whatever, yep. But so I have no idea what, what the reward is for, for getting all of them either. So It's nothing It's nothing incredible. Like, it's not going to blow you away, but it, it's neat from because I've I've seen it because I watched the completionists video about it so I was like look uh, when I eventually complete this it's probably going to be like next year so screw it, I'm just going to watch this. Uh, yep, fair enough. And it's yeah, it's just a cool little thing, cool little nod to to be like, hey, thanks for thanks for doing everything. That's very cool. Uh, totally cool with that. That's, that sounds good. Yeah, I think I'm on about six hundred and fifty something moons at the moment, so I'm getting okay. there. I'm cl- sort of. <laughs> Because it's five hundred when the next thing happens, isn't it? I think, I think. so. Something like, something around yeah. around those lines, and there's all up yeah, like so... eight hundred moons you can collect. Oof. Uh, Oof. You can you can buy infinite moons from the store if you want to like boost yourself all the way to nine nine nine. Yep. Uh, which is again, I think that's how you get like this the extra thing at the end. Right. Okay. I get. I I felt like that was probably the reason that was there. Um, yeah, because it was weird that you could that you can just buy infinite moons. Like, I'm like, I why? Oh, of course, to cap out your counter, which is cool. It's just exactly, cool that yeah. they acknowledge players who do that because exactly the amount know. of coins that would take would not be would not be a small amount. Because I think they're about a hundred oh, no. coins each for moons. I think they are. They're a hundred each. Yeah, I'm trying to save for that uh, that dry bones Mario's uh, costume. That's what I'm trying to save for. I was too, but there's been so many cool outfits that I've just been buying them as I go. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I've been the same. Every time I unlock a new one, I'm like, "Ooh, Wario! Ooh, Diddy Kong! Ooh!" And just like, I believe yeah. you I think... should also be excited to get the Waluigi one, Joel. I've already got it, and uh, you better believe I fucking wore that as well. Yeah, I, I wore that and the the Wario one for quite a while. I wore those two a lot, and also the one from the Mushroom Kingdom. Oh, the like the the sixty four like sixty four one. one. Yeah, yeah, that was great too. Very cool. So good. Um, but anyway, but, I mean, <laughs> yes, the, the 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 end of this game before credits, uh, you finally get to the the moon and you're on your way to to stop Bowser trying to marry Princess Peach, uh, unwillingly so, which raises a whole it's a, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But and also um, <laughs> and also rescue Cappy's sister, is it Tiara? Yeah, I I don't know their relationship. I don't remember. But. I, I, I think yeah. it's I think it's family, but I, either way, like you're also there to save Tiara as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, and which that whole sequence alone was cool, like like busting into the church and doing the cliche, like I object, sort of. Yeah. Thing. Um, but where was the church? And on? then it was on the moon. It was on the freaking you know, moon. Low gravity. On the moon. Low grav, which that that took a while to get used to as well. It did. Um, mm, uh, so that was fun. Uh, and then yeah, you you fight Bowser, and then you beat Bowser, but the game's not over. Hell no! Oh, Kyron, this 
So, oh my god, this is so good. I had to say, I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen. Yeah. But I actually didn't. Still really cool. I can't believe I didn't think that that was where they were going to go. I, there was, there's the moment where you finish that fight and then there's a little cutscene and then it goes back to you being able to play. And like Bowser's still face down on the ground with like stars around his head. And I'm like, what am I, what do I do? Oh, shit. You throw that cap, Joel. You throw it. Oh, boy. You certainly do. And you get to be and fucking Bowser. Not only do you get to be Bowser, but again, it's, it's, such a, it's such a little detail, but it's so cool is as he's like going into Bowser's body, it like you see the streams of like old Bowser encounters as well in the background. Absolutely. And it's just so it, cool, Joel. I love it. It's it's great. This year has been for Nintendo, like all of their games have been love letters to people who have played their games for years. Because you've got this with little touches and things like that. Um and then you've got Breath of the Wild, which sort of reinvented but also went back to the roots of Zelda. Uh and then like even Metroid Samus Returns as well, like sort of filling in that story that was already there, but like fleshing it out a lot more and making it a lot more um, canon friendly, I guess. Yeah, just like um, making it playable. No offense to the original, but it's hard to go to a, to a Game Boy game. Yeah, absolutely. And also too, like, you know, yeah, like, like having that story that is like, you know, after finishing it, that's a pretty important story to be told. It's pivotal, in that especially game. given that it bridges Metroid 1 and Super Metroid. So it's like, yeah, this exactly. is an, an important story to the Metroid canon. And just Samus is a character because of the bond she develops with the baby Metroid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, Nintendo have just been knocking it out of the park this year with with nostalgia, but done right. Like, it's not, it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel tack, tacky or tacked on. It It feels part of it. And that's the best part of it, I think, is that it feels natural that this this nostalgia trip comes from a place of uh, of goodwill, I guess. They, they are unquestionably publisher of the year. Like, just nothing comes oh, close to their oh. output this year as a publisher. Absolutely. Like, it's insane. It's crazy. Like, and Zelda, it- Mario, Splatoon, uh, Metroid. They've even had, like, Fire, Fire Emblem Warriors. They publi- I, I'm pretty sure they published alongside Ubisoft, like, Mario and Rabbids, and there's just yeah oh now we are game, was, game of month and there's xenoblade next week exactly and in terms of hardware as well like i mean the switch has just been going from strength to strength like it's, it's exciting the, considering like the like i guess controversy like leading up to the release of the switch and even in the couple of weeks after it uh where people were sort of like a little unsure i mean even we were we pre-ordered them and we were like God, I hope this doesn't suck. Uh, and now I I have zero regrets about buying a Switch. Like, I, st- I have zero regrets, but I have a lot of questions still. And I think we're going to get answers in the next couple of months when they sort of get to next oh, yeah. year and have their mm-hmm. January Direct, but I'll probably start addressing online stuff because that's the, basically the last big question mark I have now. Yeah, that and virtual console stuff, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you probably lump that into the online stuff. Yeah, based on how they're going to do their service where you'll you'll pay per month and get access to stuff, I think those two will be intrinsically tied. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that you got to run around as Bowser and 
it was basically like an escape sequence as well. So you get to like smash stuff up and try and run away. And and the music, um, Joel. The music. the music. That song, Kyron, is my favorite song in the game. I thought Jump Up Superstar was amazing. That song's my favorite. I love that song. I fucking love it. Yeah, it's, it's so good. So good. Um, but then even on top of that, you do like the escape sequence and you beat the game and it's all, everything's happy and the credits roll. And then where the fuck do you end up, Kyron? You end up at the Mushroom Kingdom, but not to to downplay the Mushroom Kingdom, I want to rewind it a bit because you missed something else really okay. like that sort of, it was hilarious at the time. But like, so when you get out, when you escape and get back to the surface of the moon, both yeah. Bowser and Mario like scurry for flowers to impress Peach. Like Bowser's got his piranha plant bouquet and Mario grabs one of those like fire speed booster flowers. And she basically rejects both of them, which then makes Bowser feel all sad. And Mario puts his hand on his shell and basically decides to say like, it's all good, man. And and Peach is basically like, yeah, I'm going on a vacation later, later guys. Yeah. Fucking jumps in the Odyssey and starts to fly away. Yeah. Uh, Can we, can we come too? I love it. Like, that was like, just so cool for you to be like, yeah, I'm going on a vacation. I All of this? Nah, not interested. She's like, I'm fucking done. I need some time alone. Just leave me be. Um, and then you, you get to go around the world and find Peach in each one, and it's just so good. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's on holiday in each of the worlds, and you can go just, find her and get a power moon for her. And she looks classy in every single outfit she has. It's oh, great. yeah. Oh, yeah. She looks fantastic. But anyway, um, as you were saying. But... Yeah, sorry, I completely glossed over that. That was actually, that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, the, the fact you get to run around the Mushroom Kingdom and it's Peach's Castle from Mario 64 and the grounds are obviously a little bit different because they've squeezed in a whole bunch more stuff in there, but, like, there's stuff that is recognisable around and it's like, it, oh my god, this is really cool. There are two. There are three huge things, obviously, that I love about it. I love that it's essentially a place where you've got the the boss like not boss rush but like you do harder versions of all the boss battle, boss battles yeah the remixes of the boss battles yeah yeah and you enter those by jumping into paintings which is oh. incredible and then before it starts it does that well, like the same as mario 64 that's the other thing like all oh. the power moons are like nintendo 64 mario 64 stars and it plays stars. that exact clip from mario 64 when you collect stars Beautiful. Yep. Uh, it's uh, it, perfect. Uh, going into Peach's castle and hearing that music and going and standing in the sun and looking up, get to a moon. I was just like, yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, fucking brilliant. And then the, going onto the roof. I was going to say, that's, fucking, that's the yeah. biggest one. Because I remember, si- I saw a fruit around the Mushroom Kingdom. I was like, huh. Well, clearly Yoshi's here somewhere. And Had I, you been through the, the secret painting? Yes. So I knew I was at Yoshi's yeah. house. I'm like, Yoshi's here. Where where the hell is he? He's here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so after a while of scratching my head, I was like, wait a, wait a second. This is a Mushroom Kingdom for Mario 64. The rumor was that Yoshi was on the roof of the castle when you got all 120 yep. power stars and he would give you like 100 lives. So I was like, all right, I've got to get to the roof. And it took a bit of fina- finagling with the Goomba Towers, but I got up there and bam, there was his egg. And I, it was just like, yes. My Mario like memories are being rewarded because I used the um the scarecrow. Oh, with interesting! The staircase. I built a Goomba so tower. around the side. Oh, really? Holy shit! So around, I think like the left side, there's like a one of those scarecrow. It's like the scarecrow timers. Oh yeah! And you throw your hat on it, and it builds a staircase to go up the side. 
yeah, I even I wasn't even paying attention to scarecrows. I just saw the roof. I'm like, all right, bridge, and I, I knew there were goombas <laughs> around the back. I was like, goomba tower, let's go, let's do this. I was just like scoping out the place. I'm like, all right, where's? I was like, oh, I wonder if this does anything. And I'm like, I was like, oh, if it's a challenge, I'll do it while I'm here. And it made like a staircase to the roof. I'm like, cool, all right, done. So um, and then you possess oh, Yossi, man. which at first I was like, this makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But then I also remembered that it wouldn't make sense for Mario to ride him. So No, absolutely not. And also, too, it's also a lot more like, you know, animal friendly because he's not punching Yoshi in the back of the head every True. time he wants to attack. He so. is taking control of his body, though. Yeah, I, but he's not doing any physical damage. But, I don't know. But we, we don't know how the process works, Joel. We don't know how their minds really are true. once you leave. We just... He, he throws the hat and then like he goes through like a colored tunnel and then he, he uses that thing. So <laughs> exactly. That's how it works. I don't know. Um, but man, oh, I'm just, I'm still enjoying that game and still just going around and collecting all these stars and oh, well, moons. Uh, and just every time we come to a new moon, like some of them are very similar style challenges and puzzles to figure out, but each of them still feels fun and fresh. Uh, and there are also a couple of like different ones, per world that might be like specific to that world um there's a lot more like running around as a t-rex which was fucking great so so good so much fun this game is glorious it Um, is i i love it once i got credits like because when i was leading to credits i was like yes i'm gonna play so much mario odyssey and it's gonna be great and then i finished it and then i also got to enjoy it becoming a pick up and play for like half an hour and like Pick Absolutely, up yep. five moons, ten moons, and then just go, cool, stay, uh, sleep mode, back in dock, and I'll come back to you later. It's yep. just it's like just great. Me, it's me sitting on the couch, just like, oh, cool. Uh, the new, like, kind of funny games daily shows out. I'll chuck that on the background, and I'll sit there for an hour, and I'll just mine moons <laughs> and go through and have fun, which is awesome. I love it so much, and I'm just going to keep chipping away at it. Yep. Um, it's, it's perfection. It's such a fucking brilliant game. Um, still can't believe the year Nintendo's had. It's it's insane, and I don't know how we got here. From where it started for Nintendo, and and just they were not in a good place. That uh, that January reveal was rocky. It was very rocky, and then leading up to the actual release of it, and even like I said, a couple of weeks after it was it was still a little bit you know tentative. But the people who had bought it, the early adopters that had bought them, were just like, no, trust us. And then slowly as the year rolled on and, and the more releases, I mean, fucking, I didn't put, I was going to put this in the news, but it's probably not much to unpack really, but Square Enix are just like, we're aggressively targeting the Switch now. Like we, we want to be, we want ports, we want new IPs. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Every, everyone's scrambling. The Switch is selling yeah. out. It's doing well. Uh, yep. And hey, if we want to get ourselves too excited, there was a, that Square Enix comment like lends itself to i think there was a rumor a while ago that square enix was considering like they were they were not ruling out the idea of returning to the world ends of view so maybe that dream is still alive joel maybe it's still alive imagine if it's like in docked mode and it's like you use the two joy cons to do different things instead of the the touch screen and the buttons oh karen karen it works oh my god please also just have a have a pro controller mode (laughs) Yeah, I don't like the Joy Cons. Not 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 as much. As I like the Pro Controller. Like, I could see it being used on the touchscreen as well. But like, I, I don't care. Just give me a new world, world onto view. Just do it. Just make it. That's happen. true. Yeah, I, I in my mind, it's like one of them's like 
waggle control almost oh. and then the other one buttons. <laughs> no, please. That's probably how they do it. No motion controls. It'd be an optional thing, though. It'd be op- in perfect world optional. I'd probably play it that way, but because um, I think it's fair to say that's the, the shortcoming of Mario Odyssey. Like the motion controls, I don't like them. I just don't see because I've played it in handheld mode so much. I haven't because I don't like shaking my entire console. Oh yeah, definitely. My hands. Like, predominantly, I played on the Pro Controller, but I have tried it a couple of times on the split Joy Cons because the game insists when you boot it up. If that's how you play it, and yeah, I. I just don't like I it. I like it actually. I see. I actually quite like it. I think. I think using like the 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 two hand flick to do the spin attack and then like climbing faster, like it it makes sense. And it, I don't think in the time that I played it in docked mode with the two Joy Cons, I don't think I had a problem with the controls. Apart from my still fucking right Joy Con being a pain in the ass, but um, yeah, look, yeah, the pro controller is, is a ten out of ten experience. <laughs> Yeah, I even played it in tabletop mode, sitting like I think on a, yeah, it was on a bullet train. Uh, I had it sitting on like the tray table in tabletop mode with like the two Joy Cons in my hand. I'm like swinging them around everywhere. That was fun. But yeah, this game is fucking excellent. It's it so good. It's so fucking good. Um, I saw a great tweet for I can't I don't know who it was by, but it was like, could you imagine being a kid this year and waking up on Christmas morning to a Nintendo Switch? with Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. I can't wait till we finally get our new Nintendo 64 kid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be this year. Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah, some kid's going to fucking lose his mind. Yeah, it's going to be great. If I was was being given a Switch for Christmas, I would lose my mind. Yeah. I'm hoping my wife gets excited about the one I'm buying her. She knows she's getting it, but... She's still better, at least, like, feign excitement. It's still a Switch. Like, you still you still get excited for a Switch get being given yeah, to you. It. It's a Switch. I'm, I'm, I'm still toying with the idea of whether or not I actually unpack it. See, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. There's, there's not much it really needs at the gate, though, really. We'll see, because what I wanted to do is I wanted to download Stardew Valley so it's ready to go for it. Oh, yeah. That was my plan. But then I'd have to do it through her account because I'd have to set up an account for her. She's already mm-hmm. got one on mine. So, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'll figure it out. Anyway, the point is Super Mario Odyssey is excellent and everyone should play it. So Definitely. Everyone should definitely play Odyssey. Find a way to play it on the Switch because it's great. Do it. But now we've got our uh, Super Mario Odyssey good vibes out of the way and uh, we've all had a good old time discussing that fantastic game. Um, let's get into some news. Uh, now, look, there's been a lot since I've been away. But it's fairly, yeah. I was gonna say, Joel, while you were while you were away, Battlefront Two came out, burnt to the ground, and is still, I think, like a smoldering pile of ashes somewhere on the horizon. Oh yeah, it's amazing yeah. how quickly that fell apart while you were overseas. It was it was the it, it, it was the smoldering pile of ashes that were in the bottom of the the tray that Darth Vader's helmets in in fucking well, that's, Force Awakens. that's only if you've unlocked Darth Vader, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you have to pay for it, but, you know. Anyway, but I feel like, well, we, me personally, I felt like we didn't really need to touch on it because everyone else has, and it's... We, and we've, we've got a question, but it'll get us into the Star Wars talk. Exactly, and it, our sentiments are pretty similar to what most common sense people have been saying, so, um, for the for the most part. Um, but, so this week... Uh, I thought we'd just dive into, or we thought we'd just dive into the uh, the Game Awards, which are about a week away, two weeks away. 
Yeah, it's like December, December something. 7th. December seventh. Seventh. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're uh just under two weeks away. So um, the nominees came out uh, last week, I think. Um, and I thought yes. it'd be we thought it'd be fun just to go through and uh, put down our uh, our favourites and what we think's going to win and what we think's going to do well, uh, what we hope to win. Um, and have a bit of a discussion about it as almost like a precursor to our, our game of the year stuff that we'll do probably in a few weeks time. Um, to be honest, most of them aren't going to be discussed because it's just stuff that's just like best Chinese game, best esports pretty team, much. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, eh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, all right, we'll just pick one for the, that randomly pick one. Um, well, it's funny you should bring up best Chinese game because that is our first category that we're going to dive into. It is. Um, so, the nominees for best Chinese game are Gumballs, Icy, uh, what is it? JX3HD, King of Glory, and Monument Valley 2. Um, I can't remember, but I feel like Icy was a game that I actually kind of wanted to play, but I can't remember what it was about. The only game I'm familiar with here is Monument Valley 2. Yeah, that's the one that, that I, I know what that game is. Um, but Icy seemed like something that was interesting i think it's on switch as well and i sort of always oh, coming to switch um uh, but i'm gonna go icy for that one that's gonna be my pick just because i'm vaguely interested i'm gonna pick monument valley 2 because i know it <laughs> monument valley 2 for Kyron. awesome all right cool next um all right this is a pretty good category so we've got best debut indie game um and the nominees are cuphead Golf Story, Hollow Knight, Mr. Shifty, and Slime Rancher. And these have all been pretty, like, in the, had their fair time in the spotlight this year, actually, to be honest. Um, Mr. Shifty. It's especially cool that Golf Story, Hollow Knight, and Mr. Shifty all come from Australia. Absolutely, yep. So, like, you know, two-thirds of this list is, is Australian devs, which is fucking awesome. Um, That's very cool. Yeah, so, uh, like, uh, Slime Ranch has been one of those games I keep looking at. I've watched a couple of Let's Plays in it, and it looks really fun. Um, But it's not going to be my pick. I think it's pretty obvious what my pick's going to be for this. Um, and that So is, you're following your heart, I'm you? following my heart, Kyron. And there's going to be a trend through this, because I know I should think logically about these for the points, but I, I'm going for the underdog. I'm going for the... The, the the feel good story, I'm going for I'm going for golf story, for this one. See, I, I think purely I think I better win purely because it's been in development for so long and it's been so highly anticipated and it came out and met expectations Ooh, yeah. it's, and it's is gorgeous, has a great soundtrack. The boss design seems immaculate in that game. If I could pick who I want to win, it would probably be from the brief like hour and a bit I played. I would pick Hollow Knight, but I think Cuphead's going to get that one. I I think you're right. But I, I'm I'm holding out hope. Golf Story had a, a, a good bit of love there, so I'm I'm, I'm holding on to hope for that one. But yeah, I think I think you're right. Cuphead's gonna gonna win that one. But um, but I'm still sticking with my my original choice. Uh, our next category is best esports team, uh, and we've got Cloud Nine, Phase Clan, Lunatic High, uh, SK Telecom One, and Team Liquid. Karen? I know I know a couple of these from Smash. Like I know Cloud9 and Team Liquid because mm-hmm. they have competitors in a lot of the Smash tournaments. 
I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pick Team Liquid. You're gonna go I don't Team really Liquid. I have a reason why, but I'm gonna choose Team Liquid. Cool. I'm gonna go for SK Telecom One. <laughs> Good pick, I think. <laughs> I know it sounds like an important name, so I'm I'm going with that. So, and you had Team Liquid, yeah. Yeah, like I said, like. The other ones don't ring a bell. I just know Cloud9 and Team Liquid from a couple of the Smash events I've watched, a couple of the Smashes that I that I follow are part of those teams. So I'm like, yeah, they ring a bell. They they ring a bell, and that's why I, my, I was going to pick from one of those two. Yep, no, that's they, they're the two that I know as well. Um, but I'm just going to go wildcard, fuck it. Uh, awesome. All right, our next category is Best Esports Player. So we've got uh, <laughs> Ji Hong, Ryu Ji Hong, Ryu. Uh, from Seoul Dynasty for Overwatch. Then we've got Kuro Kuro Kai, uh, Salehi Takahasami. Wow, this is going to be fun. Team Liquid oh. for Dota 2. Um, Disclaimer, we apologize. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm just going to read their actual, like, their like their, their tags, their gamer tags. That's probably um, easier. Yep, so then we've got Faker from SK Telecom 1 for League of Legends. Good old SK Telecom 1. Uh, then we've got Cold Zera from SK Gaming for Counter Strike Global Offensive, and then we've got Nico from Phase Clan for Counter Strike Global Offensive. I'm gonna. Stick... It's like a flip of a coin here. Pretty much, I'm gonna stick with uh, Old Mate SK Telecom One. I'm gonna go for Faker. I guess if we're sticking to our guns, I'll go with yeah Kurokai for Team Liquid on Dota Two. <laughs> All right, yep. So Kurokai for you. Follow those esports teams, Joel. I, I want to. I want to get into the Overwatch stuff, but oh, maybe I should have gone for Ryuji Hong. I know that... Lauren, so it now it's locked in. I know, yeah, it is locked in. I've written it down in my notes. So, um, <laughs> I like that uh, Lauren from OK Games uh, went for Ryuji Hong in their guesstimates, uh, in their uh, predictions, mainly because it sounded like Ryuji from Persona 5, and I respect that, so... It's good, it's good reasoning. Ryuji's a good guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's fucking awesome. I almost bought his shirt while I was ever in Japan, and now I'm kicking myself that I didn't. But uh, uh, next we've got best esports game. Esports. Esports, yeah. Uh, I, I am a fan of esports. Yeah, the esports. Um, so uh, best esports game, the nominees are Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Uh, uh, yeah, offensive. I said that right, and then I corrected myself. Uh, Dota 2, League of Legends, Overwatch, and Rocket League. Both by, I was going to say, it's worth saying that Dota 2 and Counter-Strike are both by Valve. Uh, yeah, actually, that's very true, yeah. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, I'm going to go for Overwatch. You know, <sighs> shocking plot twist. See, I was going to go for Overwatch, but if you're going that, I might as well go something different. Uh, Kyrie, go, go, for your, go for your heart. No. Nah. No. We can have a couple of overlaps. No, I want to try and keep it different. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go Rocket League. Rocket League. Oh, nice. Good call. It's had, I mean, it's always has a fucking great year, but. It's still in there. It's still like kicking about. It's come out on Switch now. And from what I hear, the port's pretty good. And I will pick it up probably early next year. Yeah, actually I will as well. I think once, if once you get it, we might be able to convince Brod to get it. I think, um, Cool. All right, our next category we've got is trending gamer. We the nominees are Andrea and Renee from What's Good Games, Clint Lexer for Half Coordinated, Guy Beham who's Doctor Disrespect, 
Mike Greziak from Shroud, and then we've got Steve Spawn for Able Gamers. Um, the only one that I really know on that list is uh, uh, Andrea Renee, uh, mainly because I watch the Kind of Funny Games Daily, and she's a part of that. And I actually quite like her. I think she's pretty cool. Um, even if she does play Paragon a lot. Um, so someone's got her. Someone's got her. She fucking loves it. She loves Paragon. Um, so I think I'm going to go for her because I actually want her to win it as well. That's fair. Yeah. What about you, Karen? Uh, Well, again, as I said, I want to try and keep things different. So I don't know much about any of these guys in particular. Like, I've seen a couple of uh, Andrea Renee's things. and But the other person that I've seen do stuff, the other person I've seen do stuff is Steve Spawn. Okay. Spawn from, from Able Gamers. Because mm-hmm. I watched Games Done Quick this year. And he does a very impressive near automata speed run, if I recall correctly. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember if it was exactly him. But either way, I know someone from Able Gamers did a great near automata speed run that I recommend, highly recommend checking out. Maybe I'll have to. Because um, I do like near automata. I think you might be right. I think I actually did read that he was the one who did that. I think it was like the very first thing on their on their lineup and I'm pretty sure it was him. I'm trying to track down the lineup to make sure I'm not talking out my ass. Yeah. <laughs> yep, okay. Um the other one that I, I had heard about was Half Coordinated. He's the I think yeah, Clint Lexer, he's the guy who's I think he's like paralyzed. Oh yeah no half yeah half co- half coordinated is the guy who did the run, but like I'm pretty sure I swear I saw something either way, like same reasoning really. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, must be getting my wires crossed. Must be getting your wires crossed. All right. Um, cool. So our next category is best student game. Uh, now we have Falling Sky, From Light, Hollowed, Impulsion, uh, Level Squared, and Meaning. So I've not heard of any of these. I kind of want to check them out because these are sort of games that I kind of kind of dig. Um. Yeah, what about you, Karen? Have you got any, any, anything grabbing you there? These ones, these ones we probably should have Googled. <laughs> we probably should have. I actually, I think I did last year. I didn't, I did not research as much this year because I am a... I'm going to go with Hollowed for no reason. Hollowed? And I feel All bad right, for cool. that. Is that because it's like Hollow Knight or like, isn't it in Dark, so Souls, Dark Souls 2, like, where you get... Yes, Hollow? so Hollow Knight and and Upper Hollowing are both contributing factors to this choice. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Cool. I'm I'm glad that I was so uh, yeah easy to see through. I picked that. Yeah. See, that's how I, we're good friends. I, I know I, I know your your train of thoughts. Um, I'm going to go for Level Squared because it's from Swinburne University of Technology, and they're I'm assuming the Australian Swinburne University. So. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. So I'm going to go for them because. You know, get the Aussies up there. Uh, a bit of Australia rep, which is really cool. This is really awesome. I'm very excited by that. It, it's, I think, yeah, man, the Australian games industry is having such a resurgence. It's fucking awesome to see. Uh, next up, we have Best Independent Game. So not Best Independent Debut, Best Independent Game. Uh, and our nominees are Cuphead. Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Night in the Woods, Pyre, and What Remains of Edith Finch. They, that is a big lineup there. 
of indie games. Rosa 5 incredible games. Mm. I haven't played them all, but the ones that I've played, I've been thoroughly impressed with. I, oh, yeah. I've I still need to finish Pyre. Two of them. I still need to finish Pyre. I'm, I'm not as wowed by Pyre as most people are, but I, th- I feel like for me, Pyre might be my, my inside of this year. Where I'm like, yeah, it's, like, it's good. But, you know, the hot take for me is that it's not so crash up for me. I still think it's a great game. Um, I get why people would like it, but me personally. Uh, so, anything grabbing you, Karen? Um, I mean, what I would want to win is what remains of Edith Finch because I fucking love what I played of that game. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna actually go with Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Nice. I need to play that. I really want to. I it's again it's one of those games I want to try and squeeze squeeze in before the end of the year yeah. but December only has so much time oh, so yeah. I'm going to try I'm going to try to at least buy it and play it now I've got like a, a good set bit. of headphones like a good like a good headset for my PlayStation I, I think I'm going to play it that's why I was holding off on buying it was because I wanted to play it with headphones and like really Yeah do absolutely it, the do audio it is important mm-hmm. in this game uh if not the the most important part of that game from what I hear so uh, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go Cuphead. Sorry, I think Cuphead might be one that gets it just because of all the buzz around it. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it seems to be the most, from that list, that lineup, I think it's the most well-performing of those games in terms of like, um, fan reception and general public reception um it's not to say that the others haven't had as much fanfare about them because they have like especially hellblade um and even what remained of, remains of edith finch as well but uh yeah that's going to be a tough category that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out very excited to see that one all, th- all those games are incredible though so mm, yeah that's i mean it's going to be you know it, all worthy winners there so whoever wins deserves it basically um, next category we've got is most anticipated game, uh, and the the nominees are God of War, The Last of Us Part Two, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption Two, and Spider Man from Insomniac Games. Now we're talking about that last category having some heavy hitters. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> I can I answer all because I'm pretty excited for all of these games. So. You can, but I'd you got to pick one. I'd be wrong, yeah. Uh, there's two really obvious ones that people would probably expect me to pick. What's it going to be? Oh, uh, fuck it! I'm going Spider Man. Whoa! Was that was that one of the two that you were gonna? Nope. Uh, and here's my reasoning for it. So, just to bring it back to my holiday again, we went to Universal Studios and there's a Spider-Man ride there and it was fucking awesome. And anytime I think of, like, I see anything to do with Spider-Man now, that's what comes to my mind. And I just remember how much of a good time yep. I had with it. So I'm that's fair. just going to go wild card with it. I, I think, I mean, I think, I think Red Dead will win, but... See, I don't know. You could be... There's a lot of... Again, there's a lot of hype around a Spider-Man game. Mm. Marvel is pretty hot right now. Very true. There's a good chance it could win. Yeah. And what they've showed of it, I don't think there's been many people saying, 
Yeah. I think people have been pretty excited for it. And to be fair, we've seen... I mean, seen... the QTE is there a little bit, eh, but like the rest of it looks incredible. Yeah, exactly. If they... But the thing is, though, if they nail that, and it looks like they kind of have, they nail that like traversal of the city, then... And it seems like they're on that right track for it. So, um, but I think in terms of like Red Dead, I, we still haven't seen, it's been a year and we still haven't seen much from it. We've had two trailers and that's it, which I know that's Rockstar's deal. That's their, that's their jam. It's absolutely Rockstar's deal. And that's all they need to do. But I think in terms of, I, I'm excited for it, obviously, but I'll be more excited when I know what I'm going to be doing. Whereas I've got a good idea no. of how I'm feeling about Spider-Man. Um, and I know The Last of Us Part 2 is like at least two years away yeah it's it's a maybe for next year if yeah. we're lucky but I doubt it it'll be an end, uh, end of the PS4's life cycle that's where it's gonna be oh, I don't think we'll be that late I think it'll it will be 20, 2019 2019 potentially yeah. March 2019 but like and if that's the end of a PS4 life cycle I'll be very surprised yeah mm, yeah well it's hard to tell these days Anyway, I'm going to go with Red Dead because nice. yep. whilst you did raise some very good points with Spider-Man, Rockstar games are Rockstar games. And the fact that GTA Five is still in charts, like Red Dead is, I think, for sure going to get this one. Yeah, that's very true. Um, look, I think... Because it was nominated last year, wasn't it, for Most Anticipated? And it didn't win. Um, I don't remember, honestly. Like, it probably was. I can't remember what won last year. Well, because it would have been in a running against probably Zelda, maybe. I think that's what won it. Actually, I think you're right. I think Zelda won it. Um, but and and then I mean we haven't even talked about like Last of Us Part Two. Obviously, we talked about it a little bit, but like Monster Hunter World that comes out in a couple of months, and it, I've not. Oh man, I'm so excited! I've not played it yet, but there's a open beta soon, though, isn't there? Yes, in December. Yeah, I'm gonna jump on that and give o- it a go. Honestly. Then. My my honest pick for most anticipated isn't even on this list. Oh really? What was that? Dragon, it's Dragon Ball Fighters coming out late January. Should have been in the list actually, because I feel that that would have had a good shot. I, I don't know if it would have won, but I, I would have had a good shot for sure. It, it, I'm so, I guess it's hard to cut this out of five because there's so many games that could be included on this list. That's very true. Yeah, especially after the year we've had. Like, poof. yeah, uh, and in God of War, the fact I that mean, it doesn't even stop. Yeah, exactly. Like God of War still looks amazing as well. Like. I'm still excited for that, um, which yeah, I, I'm standing by my my argument of all. Can we just have a five way tie for that category, and I would be happy. Uh, Metroid Prime Four. Uh yep. All right, chuck that in there. Fucking let's do it. Let's get let's get hype. Um, a good arcade racing game. Um, all right, we got yeah. Next. Good luck there. Yeah, no, no don't let's. <sighs> EA, fuck you. Uh, so. Next, we've got Best Multiplayer Game, uh, and the nominees are Call of Duty World War Two, Destiny 2, Fortnite, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds, and Splatoon 2. We know what's going to win this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely PUBG, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's PUBG. So we, we both is going to agree on this one and just go the same? No, I'm going to go Wildcard and say Splatoon 2. Yeah, <laughs> Splatoon, I love it. Uh, right. I just, uh, I get that PUBG is hype and whatever, but I already feel like I've been overexposed to it to the point where I'm beginning to not care, and I haven't even played it yet. That's very true. Um, I'm actually, but it'll it'll probably win. I'm actually going to go for Destiny Two. So, whoa, that's that's I'd say that's a longer shot than Splatoon Two. Look, 
yes, it is one of the biggest selling <laughs> games of the year, though. Like, yeah, and I like there's there's not been that much bad press around it, to be honest. Um, and I think I've had a lot of fun with it, so, and I'm excited to go we'll back. See to how it. it's, we'll see how it stands when a new DLC comes out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm excited for. So, but I mean, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna go that because we both know PUBG is gonna fucking win it. So let's go it's, something. Let's PUBG's be gonna win for sure. Let's just be interesting, and maybe we can just if if on the weirdest chance that it doesn't win, um, the only thing that it might not win, um, that might not let it give it the win is the fact that people are arguing whether or not it should be nominated for categories. Full stop. Yeah. I... So the the judges involved might some people might not vote for it. On Maybe. principle, it's a good point. So, I, and that will come into play later on as well with the other categories that it's nominated for. So, um, so yeah, that's the only thing I think might going for, have going for it. So, and if that's the case, then both our answers could very well scoop up the uh, the victory because let's face it, Fortnite's not going to. So, um, next category we've got is best sports racing game. Anyway. We've got the nominees, uh, Gran Turismo Sport, FIFA 18, Forza Motorsport 7, NBA 2K18, Project Evolution Soccer 2018, and Project Cars 2. Hmm. I've not played any of these games. Um, I was going to buy GT Sport, actually, because at EB they had... Disgustingly cheap. Yeah, but they also had it at EB with the controller, and it was cheaper than buying a controller outright with the limited edition oh, controller. Wow. <laughs> it was like eighty eight. It was like eighty seven dollars for the controller and the game, and it was like still full price for DualShock fours. I was like, the controller isn't good. Though, it's honestly. not good, and that's why I was like, now nah, I'm, I'm saving for that Sunset Orange one because I want that shit. Um, uh, I'm gonna go for. I'm going to go for Project Cars 2. Interesting. I'm going to play it safe and go for FIFA because it's yep. FIFA. That's a fair call. Uh, Project Although, Cars. like, again, like, the press around EA might backlash it, but I, I don't know. I yeah. feel like FIFA is just too popular. Well, because NBA 2K, I think, definitely not going to because of its controversy. <laughs> um, oh, well, even and for that, on that same page, like, Forza has had its fair share of, like, Very true, issues. yeah. And I think Gran Turismo has sort of come out to not much fanfare so yeah it's tough because like i think people is it the next like big entry in the series oh i see i don't i don't, I don't fucking know anymore who who knows with the bloody grand Turismo my games because usually the big the number like forza motorsport 7 like gt uh, would be like a note but like i don't know if sports the next big one or is it like along the way to GT? I think up to eight now. I don't yeah, know, I fucking don't know. They just they've, whether they've just put something out in the interim. I don't know. Um, but I went Project Cars two just because I heard it's like the first was really good, and I heard the second one was equally as good. And I think of the racing games on that list, I think it's probably the one that it didn't have anything like it didn't explode onto the market or anything like that. But I think it it was a functioning game that worked out of the box and it was quite a, a lot of fun. And I keep looking at it. It's a shame that, like, functioning game is, like, a, a, a thing that should be on the box. Yeah, it functions. It works. Um, yeah, I, I keep looking at Project Cars. Every time it goes on sale, I'm like, I should give it a go. Because I think it blends the line between, like, Sim and Arcade. You can play it the way you want. But I don't know. 
that's that's my my two cents. You're probably right with FIFA, though. <laughs> I think it's going to kick ass. So, um, yeah, especially considering like Forza having the just not fun time it did. It's been rough waters for Forza. Oh yeah. Uh, our next category is best strategy game, and our nominees are Halo Wars Two, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Total War Warhammer Two, Tooth and Tail, and XCOM Two War of the Chosen. Karen, you're the the strategy fiend of the two of us. So, what's your what's your pick? I mean, my favorite strategy game this year was <laughs> yeah. Fire Emblem. Yeah, no, shows of Valencia. Yeah. But hey, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I would like for Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle to win, if only to beat out XCOM 2. And Total War Warhammer 2. Like, that's that'd be pretty impressive. Like, Yeah. I In a perfect world, like I think it would also be cool if Tooth and Tail won. It's a game I haven't played yet, but I've been staring at it intently. It's on sale on Steam at the moment, and oh. it's always popping up on the PSN. Because it's a cool-looking like indie strategy game with a soundtrack by Austin Wintery. Okay. And I'm like, oh, mm, that sounds good. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I um, yeah, I look it up when you when we're done recording. Right. It looks really interesting. I'll, I'll check it out. Um, uh, I don't think Halo Wars Two has a shot. Nope. I think it that just was such a fizzle. <laughs> it came out to no excitement. Um. Yeah. What'd you pick? Uh. Oh. Which one of us is going to pick Mario or Rabbids, Joel? Fuck it, let's just both pick it. <laughs> All right, yeah, fine. You, it. I wanted to win. I wanted to win too because it's it is a good game and it's it's the game I've out of played. nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere, it's a good game. That's the part that gets me about that game constantly. And also responsible for like one of the best feel good moments of E three this year as well. So, oh yeah, definitely. So, which, you know, and it's a fucking Ubisoft game. Who ever thought we'd be saying that? Uh, <laughs> it's a new, it's a Ubisoft game with rabbits in it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it had everything working against it, and it still prevailed above all that. So, uh, our next category we've got is best strategy game. Uh, no, best family game. Sorry, read the same thing again. Uh, and with the nominees are Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Sonic Mania, Splatoon 2, or Super Mario Odyssey. Well, <laughs> we know what's going to win this one. We do. It's Odyssey. It's going to be Odyssey. We both agreeing on this one again? Uh, yes. God damn it. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> See, it's good. Cause I think Just... I think Game of the Year is going to be... We, we might have some differing things. And that's the important one. Um, but yeah, true. Not to say that, like, you know, I mean, Splatoon 2 was amazing. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I mean... Maybe not. Uh, it's technically not a new game, so yeah, it's a weird one. A weird I one. don't know how I feel about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe being in his awards. I agree. But yeah, which is why I didn't vote for it before. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's 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 very good, but it's also it's old... cool to see Sonic Mania on there. That's very cool. Yeah, that's a game again. Like I want to get to it on my Switch, but I just haven't haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our next category is best fighting game, and the nominees are Arms. Injustice 2, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Nidhogg 2, and Tekken 7. It's a very uh, diverse lineup for a fighting game category there, which is very cool I can tell you what's not what's not going to win, Marvel vs. Capcom. Ooh, Everything else has been pretty good, apparently. So, um, if you want to watch an amazing playthrough of uh, 
or play like game round of Nidhogg 2. The, um, the AGPN, uh, party mode, uh, panel from PAX is up online as well. I think it's on the, um, the 8-bit channel. So ATE bit channel. Uh, the guys from 8-bit, I think they put it up on theirs. Um, and yeah, that it ended with a, a Nidhogg tournament that was just tense. Um, and very, very fun to fire to watch. So it was, dr- and then you too can learn to respect the grinder. Exactly. Yeah. Grinder is life. Grinder is love. Um, it was, it was, it was exhausting to watch play that, the, watch them play that. So that's the story with any match of Nidhogg one or two. Mm-hmm. It's like always exhausting to either watch it or to play it. And lots of screaming. Lots of just like, yes. <laughs> like constantly, just constant screaming. Um, Oh, I'm going to go for Injustice 2, because I heard it was very good. And I'm going to go for Tekken 7. Tekken 7, nice. Pez will be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't challenge Pez him to really it. Pez here is really good. Yeah. I heard it's really good as well. Um, the same with Injustice 2. I hear it's it, really great and like yeah, good true. progression and good story, which is, which is great. I mean... NetherRealm have been, had a pretty good run with their fighting games over the last few years, which is good. Um, but yeah, uh, on to our next category, which is Best RPG. Ah, and the nominees are... Yeah, I know, right? Uh, the nominees are Divinity Original Sin 2, Final Fantasy 15, Near Automata, Persona 5, and South Park The Fractured Butthole. Karen, what do I pick? What do I pick? I don't know, man. Well, the two of the, the two games I played on this list are also two of my favorite games this year. So, um, I think, I think I have to go with Persona Five because I have to. Well, I mean, it is the best RPG on this list. That's very, that's very true. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're talking about a good game, but I would not say it's a better RPG than yeah, Persona Five. I agree. I think, yeah. There's another category which oh no even then no listen oh god um yeah I mm, Persona Five dude I don't need to say anything else about that game I'm, I'm gonna there's gonna be lots of talk about that in the next few weeks so um strap yourself when in. our own game of year stuff comes up oh. Persona Five will be a big oh part of that. boy um we've still got to get together with the guys at OK Games as well do some fun stuff with them but what about you Karen? Yeah, I mean, I think it's between Persona 5 or Divinity Original Sin 2, honestly. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. I've heard it sounds very, very daunting, but... Um, it basically sounds like digital D&D. Yeah, and the, the, the end of the fact that you can actually... There, there's a, like a DM mode that you can actually make your own campaigns. Yes, there is. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to go Persona 5, yeah. but I won't be surprised if Divinity Original Sin gets it as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. There's a very good chance that'll happen. Yeah. I I agree. I, I've hear the people who've played it have just said fucking have raved about it. Um i I wish I could get into that kind of thing. I just I don't know if I'd be able to, but It's funny because like you enjoy D and D. I do, like, I it's think it's very much I, in the same vein. I think the thing with D and D is it's if I had people to play Divinity Original Sin two with consistently, I think I'd enjoy it more. The second it comes out on PS4, I'm getting it. All right, cool. Then maybe I will as well. Um, 
because I played I played a bit of the first one with my housemate and it was really fun because I think that's the thing I like about D&T is the social aspect of it as well so I'm hanging out with friends as well as going on this adventure and having fun um yeah so I think that's why I like that more or I find that more appealing um alright next category is best action and adventure game and our nominees are Assassin's Creed Origins Horizon Zero Dawn The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Super Mario Odyssey and Uncharted The Lost Legacy I've played four of these five games and they are all fucking great <laughs> and for what I hear about the one that I didn't play which is Assassin's Creed I've heard that's very good as well so Kai, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go Zelda. All right. Good call. Good call. Uh, I'm going to put money on Zelda just because I was going to pick Odyssey, but I feel like as an action-adventure game, I think Zelda is just better. Yep. I am going to go for Uncharted Lost Legacy because they made me a believer in the fact that, um, yeah, like spin-offs of the Uncharted franchise work and work well. So, done. Uh, best action game is the next category, and the nominees are Cuphead, Destiny Two, Neo, Prey, and Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. Um, I've only played like two hours of it, maybe three hours of it, if that. But I think I'm gonna go for Wolfenstein Two because it's already impressed me. I think it'll get it. Mm, it's already impressed me. Like it's. Everything about it. The fact that it continues on from where the first game left off. Um, all the characters are there. The writing's fantastic. Yeah, anyway. We'll, uh, don't worry, I'll be talking about that a lot towards the end of the year as well, I feel, as well. What about you, Karen? Yeah, I guess I guess I'll go that. I wanted to go different again. I, wanted, I was leaning towards Neo. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think Wolfenstein 2 is just going to get it. It just is. I think so. It's the only really award it's up for, which means I think it's probably going to get it. That's Yeah, that's another thing as well that I think might... Uh, kick it over the line uh our next ga- category is best vr game and our nominees are farpoint lone echo resident evil 7 biohazard star trek bridge crew and super hot vr uh so resident evil for you Karen? yeah i'm gonna go resident yeah, Evil. Good call. just because it's the first game i've looked at in vr and gone wow that could sell me a vr headset and it, of the games that, that are on could. there it seems like it, it's it's a full game like that's a what seven eight hour game yeah depending how much time you spend cowering it could take longer <laughs> exactly and in vr but it's probably a lot um i've heard really good things about lone echo slash echo arena especially echo arena because it sounds like it's just vr enders game um that's every time I hear someone talk about it, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like the the training room in Ender's Game. I'm like, that sounds great. But uh, I'm going to go for Super Hot VR because I love Super Hot, and I've heard that in VR it's like next level, um, which is really funny considering the storyline of the game as well. Um, uh, without spoiling anything, that's that's my thoughts. I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to get to Super Hot. <laughs> Karen, you should play Super Hot. It's so good. I don't have time. I just super do not have time. Hot, super hot. It's so good. I love it. Um, oh, it's not very long either. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, our next game is best handheld game, and our nominees are Ever Oasis, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia, Metroid: Samus Returns, Monster Hunter Stories, 
and Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. I'm just going to skip this, and we're going to say Metro Samus Returns for both of us. It almost feels like for Handheld Water Z just to give something to Metroid, because it is going to win that. And if it doesn't, I will be outraged. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying the other games in that list are bad. I played Fire Emblem, and I've seen a lot of Monster Hunter stories in Ever Oasis, and they look good. Yep. But Metroid Samus Returns, and, you know, that would tie in nicely to, like, a Metroid Prime 4 showing. I don't know. Which, <laughs> yes, please. Mm, God, yes. Uh, but, yeah, that's a pretty self-explanatory category. It's going to win that. Yeah, I, Metroid. I, I Metroid think it's going to win it, yeah. Um, best mobile game. Uh, our nominees are Fire Emblem Heroes, Hidden Folks, Monument Valley 2, Old Man's Journey, and Super Mario Run. Kyron? <laughs> I I want to. I honestly just want to say Monument Valley 2 because I know it's a game where you buy it and you have it. Yeah, like, true. In my heart, I'm like, hey, Fire Emblem Heroes, but it's full of microtransactions. It's just a digital gacha game. Yep. And I'm just like, it's good. Yeah, you know, yeah. But I'll, I'll say Monument Valley 2. Screw it. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to go with Super Mario Run. It won't win, but I enjoyed it. So, uh, and they did add extra stuff to it that I went back and recently and played it again. And the stuff they added to it was kind of fun. Um, I mean, I can't remember it, but it was it was fun <laughs> when I played it. So, um, good work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've done well. Uh. <laughs> Uh, okay, so next up, we've got Best Ongoing Game, which is a Ugh. strange category. Uh, and the nominees are Destiny 2, GTA Online, Overwatch, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Rainbow Six Siege, and Warframe. This could go... I mean, again, the obvious answer is PUBG. But... I kind of want to vote for Overwatch just because the year they've had, the content they've put out this year has been pretty good. Uh, I mean, for me, the reason why that could take ongoing game is just because of how they've expanded into the esports arena. Very true. Uh, and it was, they had a rocky start to that as well, but it seems to be like they've had, they've sort of overcome a lot of that, which is good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Overwatch. I'm still going to go PUBG, though. Okay. Fair enough. I think this category nearly exists for games like for PUBG, which is, I mean, it's in early access, and yes, it'll come out on Xbox One and hit, like, full release after the Game Awards, but I think this is the sort of category that PUBG is good for because it's going to be constantly added to. That's true. I mean, like, they've only, what, they've just had the update that adds, like, vaulting, and apparently I think there's data miners that have gone through and found, like, new customization options and um, different colored uh, parachutes and stuff, so there's a whole bunch of cosmetic stuff potentially coming around the corner. Um, no surprises there. No, not at all. Uh, next category is Games for Impact Award. Uh, the nominees are Bury Me, My Love, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Night in the Woods, Please Knock on My Door, and What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, I feel like I was looking at Bury Me, My Love the other day, but I can't remember what it was about, but it seemed it, it piqued my interest for whatever reason, but I, I might have to look into it again. Um, I've heard really good things about Life is Strange Before the Storm, regardless of everything that transpired with it. Except for the weird graffiti mechanic, which I hear is not Oh, great. okay. Okay. Just like tagging stuff for trophies, like how mm. the first one had like the photos you took, but that 
didn't feel weird. Yeah. It just apparently feels weird just tagging shit. You're like, wow, Chloe was a bit of a dick. Yeah, I, no, I have heard that. Yeah, that's true. Um, ooh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go Hellblade on this one. I'm going to go What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, nice. My first pick was Hellblade, but like, I'm going to go Edith Finch. What? I want I want Hellblade to win so many awards here, and, and then I want to play it. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I mean, like to be fair, I've not played any of these games on this list, so which which makes me sad because I feel like I would enjoy most of them. Um, but yeah, uh, next category we've got is best performance, and the nominees are Ashley Birch as Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn, Brian Bloom as B.J. Blazkowicz in Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. Claudia Black as Chloe Frazier in Uncharted The Lost Legacy, Laura Bailey as Nadine Ross in Uncharted The Lost Legacy, and Melina Jurgens as Senua in Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. That's some uh, some primo lineup there. Yeah, I'm going to wildcard out and go for Melina as Senua. Yep, that's a good call. Um, I was going to go that, but I will pick something else as well. Um <laughs> But yeah, not just because of because last year didn't the chick from her story? Yeah, win? she did. Um, and that's why I'm thinking maybe Senua, which would be incredible. I'd be so happy if she wins. And I think the yeah, Melina, the the woman who played Senua, I feel like she was just like a stand-in voice. And yeah, yeah, she she's not a professional like performer mm. or anything, as far as I'm aware. She was a stand-in again, for it, and she oh. she wowed them so much that they just kept her. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, that's rad. Uh, I'm gonna go Claudia Black for for Chloe because I have to and and the, she has some great scenes in that exactly game. she has some amazing scenes in that in that um some really good emotional scenes in that especially when she's talking about her dad and stuff like that's really sort of stuck with me so I think yeah I think that's my my pick for for that category uh, our next category is best audio design. <laughs> And the, this is almost pointless. I know, right? So the nominees are Destiny 2, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, and Super Mario Odyssey. Um, so both of us for Hellblade? It's Hellblade. Yep. That game is built around the audio design. It's Hellblade for sure. Yep. I think that's a pretty safe bet, that one. And that's not to, not to downplay <laughs> any of the other games, because, I mean, Destiny 2's got some amazing music and, and audio design in it as well. Um See, this is this is audio design because the music category is coming next, up. Yeah, um, but like even so, like I'm just making audio for all this stuff, and maybe Resi Seven, maybe Resi yeah. Seven has some good stuff on the head the headphones. But Hellblade, man, Hellblade with the headset. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Win. Um, cool. All right, our next category is best score slash music, uh, and the nominees are Cuphead, Destiny Two, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Near Automata, Persona Five, and Super Mario Odyssey. Again, can we just pick all of them? Because <laughs> they've all got great music. Um, the weak link here is Destiny Two for sure. I think so. Yeah, oh, actually, it's got some good moments is, though. Or is it Zelda? I think Zelda because it's very few and far between. Um, like the the way it uses the Zelda themes when they kick in is amazing. Oh, absolutely, and the way it saves it is masterful. But I don't know if that makes it worthy of like best score slash music. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think it'll win, but I'm going for Persona 5 because I fucking love that soundtrack. Um, See, for that very same reason, I'm going for Nier Automata. Automata. Yeah. Uh, Just because that soundtrack is perfect. It's fantastic. I mean, uh, I almost bought it 
uh, while I was overseas, that soundtrack, but I bought the Persona 5 one instead. <laughs> Even just ignoring how regularly good that soundtrack is, the way it magically and just instantaneously can change into an 8-bit version, which has an incredible mm-hmm. piece by one of the Platinum guys about how they did that, and it's a good read. Go seek it out. Yes. And enough said, the credit song and the final ending is just... Oh boy. It's the best song all year. It is just the oh best boy. song from a video game, but I've heard this year. It just is. But Kyron, you'll never see it coming. Look, the Persona 5 soundtrack is great, but nothing comes close yeah. uh, look, I, I, to that to that moment in Nier Automata's credits. I, I, I agree, but I, I also have to... like. I think, though, every time I hear anything from Persona 5... Like that, that just cheers me up. Um, like, oh, that's fair. And I've just spent the but last week listening th- to it in my car, driving around. Like, I, it's yeah, it's fucking sensational. And Shoji Megara it's, is it's just good. We, phenomenal. We, we we picked different ones, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think that I think that credits moment's going to get it. I think you might be. Right. I wanted to win. I think you might be right. I mean, I, who knows? Cuphead could come around and get it as well. Super Mario Odyssey, like the the two like original songs for it were amazing like so amazing so yeah again i think much like zelda as good as this odyssey soundtrack was there are also patches where again very cleverly there's no music and that's fine yep that's true just i think the other like those two nintendo games are probably the two weaker ones on that list just because the other scores are so good yeah absolutely um next up we've got best art direction and the nominees are cuphead destiny (laughs) 2 horizon zero dawn the legend of zelda breath of the wild and persona 5 Mm. it's Cuphead yeah it's Cuphead it's Cuphead it just is again that game beautifully hand-drawn animations crafted with such love that like it's just gonna win just to be different I'm going for Persona 5 just to be like also incredible but yeah exactly it, uh, this, the probably the most stylish menus of the year I feel so the thing about Persona 5 that could get it over the line here is just as far as art direction goes just as far as how that game is so committed to how to its anime esque style. Yep. Its UI is great. Not a single thing on that screen feels like it doesn't belong. Yep. Like any other Persona game, sometimes the calendar would be like, oh, doesn't doesn't suit, doesn't match. No. But in this one, everything just feels right. Nothing sticks out and makes you go, huh. That looks a bit weird. It's all just a perfect meshing gelling style i agree it, i love it it's this it's so loud and it shouldn't work but it does like it shouldn't there's so many patterns and things going on and it feels like it should feel over the top and ridiculous and it does but it works in a way that you're still getting the information that you need um yeah yeah for sure uh next category we've got is a burst narrative uh and the nominees are hellblade Senua sacrifice horizon zero dawn near automata what Remains of Edith Finch, and Wolfenstein to the New Colossus. I'm gonna go for Nier Automata. Me too. Yep. That story was so good. It was... I constantly think about that story. I, and it's ugh. it's funny, because it's one of those things where there are so many people who maybe have played Nier Automata and been turned off once they reach the first ending and gone, okay, cool, I got the ending, and mm, I'm good. I'm like, no. No. You don't even know the story, and like the way it just goes from there. Oh man! It just it kicks off. So by the time you get to that like that third main playthrough, it's like where the fuck is this gonna go? And 
it had me guessing constantly till the end and i well that, that's the thing because it's like anime like essentially it's like every playthrough was an arc and i just love that about yep, it yep um yeah fucking oh so good uh come on near yeah, do we it. can do it Win. you can do it near then maybe people will buy you please um the next category we've got is best game direction uh and the nominees are horizon zero dawn legend of zelda breath of the wild Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Super Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus. It's hard because I, I'm I'm currently playing Wolfenstein, um, and I really like the direction in that game, but I don't, I haven't, I can't make an, like, a, a, a good judgment on it yet. Um, what about you? Anything, what, what, what's, what's tickling your... I think I'm gonna go Zelda mm-hmm. purely because, as far as like game direction goes, they completely they jumped away from Zelda formula first and foremost, which True. I don't think anyone really saw coming. And just the way Nintendo sort of took the idea of an open world game and like and changed it nin- in such a simple way that was just it, it blew it. my yeah. mind. They, yeah, they Nintendoized it, made it. Made it their version of an open world game, kind of in the same way and that they that... did with um, Splatoon. Like they took like online shooters yeah. and did their version of it, and it's so unique and stands on its own. It's so good, yeah. And like that's how I want my open world games now. Like it's it's the simplest thing, but the reason I love it is compared to again because they came out so close together. I'm going to use this as a comparison. It's not entirely fair, but you open up a map in Horizon Zero Dawn and you zoom out. Yep. There's so much stuff. It's everywhere. Yep. And you and it, but it, again, this can be applied to every open world game, honestly. But this is the closest res, like comparison I can think of. It becomes a checklist. But in Zelda, you open your map. There's really nothing there until you go and do a shrine, and then it marks on your map, or you go pick up a Korok seed, and it marks, or like you fully explore an area, and you finally find out its name. It's just discovery, and I love that about Zelda. Yeah, that's that's totally. I. I... I think you're right, and I think that's probably what might win it. I'm actually going to go for Horizon, um, just to be different as well. Because, yes, when you open up the map, everything is there and all that kind of stuff, but some of them, the moment-to-moment gameplay in that game, like your first, not even your first, like any time you encounter one of the bigger like machines, it's just intense and threatening and... It's like, all right, cool. Like you scan it and go, all right, I need to figure out. Okay, it's going to be weak to fire there. I've got some fire arrows. All right, cool. Let's do this. I can tether it down. Maybe I can get a better shot on its undercarriage. Like it, it really sort of opened you up to picking apart those fights and sort of tackling them the way that you feel would be most effective, uh, which is not always the, the, the same as what someone else might do. Uh, and I really liked that. So... I think that's that's my pick for it. But I think you might be right with Zelda. I think it might take the cake. Finally. Both good games. All good oh, games. Oh, yeah. All good games, yeah. Uh, final category is the big one, and that is Game of the uh, the Goatee. Uh, the nominees for this category are Horizon Zero Dawn, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Persona 5, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and Super Mario Odyssey. What are you thinking, Karen? I, I, because I, 
I wa- I'm going to put Persona 5 just because I want it to win so badly. Me too. I really want it to win. Um, First of all, it's just incredible to see a, such a niche franchise. But, yep. like, you know, Persona 1 to 4 was like, it got more popular as it went along, but Persona 5 exploded in a big way. Yeah. And I just wanted to be recognized and win this award. Um, I'm super worried that PUBG is going to get it and I'm going to be sad. Yeah. Not because it's a bad game. I just, I don't think, I think the other games deserve it more. I just do. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be that elitist who sticks his nose up and goes, "No, PUBG is good, but I prefer these other four you're, games." You're, you're doing essentially the uh, like. I prefer my anime dubbed, uh, subbed, not dubbed, and pushing your glasses back up yeah, in your nose. I, that's that. I prefer my games to have f- fun single player gameplay. Yeah, that's true. Especially, I, especially in the, like, the last couple of months where we had such a big thing about single player versus multiplayer, and like, I mean, the amount of time I spent in Persona Five, and as soon as I got back from Japan, I. I've lent my copy out to someone, so I can't, but I wanted to go back and play it again because I actually being like in Tokyo and walking around Shibuya station and Shibuya crossing. And I'm like, it's just like the game. It's so good. And it made me so happy. And I wanted to go back and play it again. Um, I want it to win. And I, I, I hope it does. I feel like it's got a good shot, but I mean, it's a pretty tough lineup there. Cause I mean, Super Mario Odyssey, everyone's still raving about, and it's still fresh in everyone's minds. Legend of yeah. Legend of Zelda was such a big, like, pivotal moment for that franchise and for Nintendo as well. Um, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, a completely new IP, uh, you know, and and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds just doesn't need an introduction whatsoever because it's just a fucking juggernaut. So it's gonna be a it's unstoppable. It's gonna be a tough tough one but yeah i'm i'm going for center five just because come on percent i wanted to win. win i wanted to win so badly let a jrpg be the victor of game of the year a fucking weird jrpg about like taking down the establishment and fucking fighting back against the man i love it just... and your group of best anime friends exactly it's the story we need in the time we live in right now it's that's what i love um but yeah that's our uh that's our our peaks I've written them all down, so I'll we'll revisit those after the game awards. Which, yeah, they they should be on uh, before we record an episode in two weeks. So we should be able, excellent, yeah, perfect. That'll be that'll be good. Um, yeah, we'll get back to those and we'll we'll see how well we did. I'm feeling slightly confident. <laughs> Too fun, the, like. The Keelys, um, they're not the best way to gauge the industry, but they're just a fun, stupid night of they are. giving games awards and seeing trailers. Yeah, and, and for also for Jeff Keely to talk smack about Konami, which is always fun. Yeah, well, I'll be surprised if Kojima didn't come up this year. Just Death Stranding will probably be. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You know. Well, uh, you know what? We might even get a glimpse at that gameplay that Del Toro is looking at. Because if it's ve- it, potential, if they've got something ready to show Del Toro, maybe that's what they're working towards. Um, but who knows? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. We sure will. I'm keen. I'm keen to get Me there. Me too. Me too. All the world exclusives. Okay, so now we've got our predictions out of the way for the game awards. I think it's time to move into the final segment of our show, which is questions. Uh, and we've got a couple this week from some very good friends of ours. Um. So we're going to kick it off with a question from our good friend, Mr. Brendan Hill. Uh, and Brendan asks us, 
Who should get Star Wars? Obviously, EA needs to have their toys taken off them. We have one old MMO and some good Lego games. It's time for a change. What studios and genres do you want to see? This is a tough question, Joel. Because... <laughs> yep. I think no matter who the genre goes to, like you'd have to pick someone who doesn't do microtransactions because I think if this goes to any other big studio, we see a similar thing. Maybe not in the same way as Battlefront 2, but we definitely see a game that has microtransactions. We just do. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. If it's going to go to a big publisher, then absolutely. 100%. Um, Perfect World, Naughty Dog, and we get, like, something similar that resembles what Amy Hennig was yeah. trying to do. And they get Amy Hennig back on board and we get like the... Exactly. And we get like the, the, the Schmar Wars version of the game that's like, this nerd's totally not what we were working on at EA. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why that's why yeah. one. Give it to Naughty Dog. Just, but just for that one game and then see what we do from there because I want that game, yeah. man. I want that game. And then give like fucking Insomniac a, tra- a crack at doing an open world one. Fucking so what you're saying is you want it. you want Sony to get it? <laughs> no, because well, these yes. are these are Sony studios. Yeah. Well, no, in, no, I, Insomniac's yeah, not actually. Yeah, it's they're they're partnered with for just for Spider Man. I think because so, Sony shelled out the cash to get it's, it as an exclusive. Which well, isn't it? I mean, don't don't Sony have like claim on Spider Man at the moment still? Yeah, well, well, Sp- yeah, the the, the film rights uh sony yeah so i assume that would have something to do with like the game side of things as well like interactive media yeah you'd think but who knows who knows who knows Um, really um fuck it just get disney to open up a games division again that's dedicated to star wars and do it in-house like yeah that's what makes sense to me uh disney's not doing that though but it's not doing it they're not, but again, Perfect World, that's, I, I feel like that would make the most sense. If You just imagine like Disney's just like, look, fight, you fuck this up, we'll do it ourselves. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Doesn't doesn't necessarily guarantee quality, though. Like, Oh, no, no, I'm not guaranteeing quality whatsoever. We've seen but, some bad Star Wars games in the past. But the thing is, with, with Disney, Disney are usually pretty meticulous about delivering on quality. Um, I'm gonna stick with, with Naughty Dog to get do. that to get that Star Wars game, <laughs> and then I don't care. After yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's that. That's that's my main answer. Is yeah, definitely Naughty Dog. When we got that question through, oh, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. I'm like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize it until you said it. That just makes sense. Like, yeah, let's get that Naughty Dog yep. Star Wars game. Make it happen. Um, or or platinum games. Could you imagine lightsaber battles with platinum combat? Oh, that'd be beautiful, Joel. It's not fair if you to yeah. bring that up. Yeah, right? I feel like every time we get a question like this, we always revert to the same people. I mean, <laughs> it's always just like, Platinum Games and Naughty Dog. That's that's who I want to see make more games. More from them, please. Put them on the Switch. Put them on the Switch as well. We would throw that phrase in there as well. Um, But yeah, I think, yeah, somebody needs somebody needs to take the, the keys away from EA. EA has successfully just... managed to drag the Star Wars brand name through the mud mere weeks yep. out from the opening of The Last Jedi. Like, that's impressive. It's just, it's fucking, it's infuriating. Like, it, that's what it is, it's infuriating. Well, I imagine Disney's quite furious, because EA, EA oh. has not only, and, oh, 
not even just Disney, because EA has also just ruined, not even ruined loot boxes for everyone. You've got all these, like, gambling yep. associations, like, looking into it now, Belgium, yep. Hawaii, even, like, a, a couple of the Australian ones are like, yeah, we're, we're mm-hmm. keeping an eye on it. So, wow, EA, way to just massively screw up everything in, a, like, a month or two. Crazy. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. There's going to be some big changes coming out of EA coming into 2018, I feel. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much longer Andrew Wilson is CEO, given how their year's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, there's going to be some management changes there, which is going to be and interesting. I don't think anything will change. Just like there'll be a different person on top, but we'll see if they are E3 things, but I think there'll be a change. Yeah, there'll be, for sure, for sure. We'll get rid of the fucking Australian Bond villain. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, thank you very much, Brendan, for your question. That was very, very good to talk about. Um, and very poignant and very topical <laughs> as to what's going on at the moment in the games it, it's, industry. It's everywhere. It's hard to avoid it. Uh, EA yeah. are the bad guys again, and Star Wars deserves better. Pretty much. It just does. It does. It, it, it deserves so much better. And it's not hard to make it better than it was, Like no. to be honest. Like, just throw out ideas. Don't, like, stand back and... Because if they stood back and crafted uh, this experience and made it like, yeah, we're really focusing on making this the, the the intense experience that fans will want, but they haven't delivered on that. If they'd come out with a game that was amazing and they've taken this time, it's like, all right, cool, you took your time, but it's here now and it's fucking great. But the the fact of the matter is, like, we've got what have we got to show for Star Wars in the past five years in in, in the games industry, like Galaxy of Heroes on mobile. I hear that's not that great either, by the way. It's just... Nope, nope. It's just a collectible card game, essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't... It's it's baffling how much they fuck that up. Um, one of life's great mysteries, I feel. Absolutely. Oh, and our, our final question this week comes from the one, the only... Broderick Ordez, host of the Hunting Seasons podcast, where if you like TV as much as we like video games as well, uh, go and listen to them because they talk about television series one season at a time. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, may I recommend listening to their Stranger Things season one and two recaps. They are both very, very good about a very good show. Um, they've got a lot of good stuff that's come out. They've just done Master of None, had uh, Star Trek Discovery, um, they've been live tweeting the Punisher, a, so they have been live tweeting the Punisher, and it's been great to because uh, I've not watched it, so I've just been sort of like playing along, which has been fun. Um, so yeah, go and check them out. Uh, Brod and Damask are amazing people, and they know their shit when it comes to television. Um, so definitely check them out and um, give them the old uh, like ski. But Brod asks us this week: How important is it to you to add ha- uh, to uh, is is it to you how a console looks as a piece of hardware? What is your favorite console design? Um, obviously, like, it's generally if you've got a home console, you're going to have it on display in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So you kind of want it to look good at the very least. Um, I feel like it's more like how it feels as well is important for me. So if you're going to compare something like say the Wii U compared to the switch, which had very similar ideas and trying to convey very similar ideas, but one just feels better. 
Like it feels, it doesn't feel cheap. It feels like a, a good expensive piece of tech and it feels like I've spent money on something that the money that I've spent on that thing is justified almost. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, mm. yeah, for that same reason, I, I would have to say my answer to like my favorite designed console is probably the switch really. Yeah. Um, it just looks, it just looks good. And also you can tell by looking at it, what it does. Yep. Just look yep. at it. You're like, cool. I know what this does. And it's tactile as well. Like you can show people, you can just, you can have it on display and people are like, oh, how does this work? And you're like, we'll pick it up. Yeah. You pick it up and there's the game and you play it. Put and it back like, in. Oh, you want to see it on TV? TV? Bam. Done. Done. Yep. Um, but like, it, it, it is I- sort of important to me because I'll never forget the, the hilarity of the reveal of the original Xbox One just looking like a big black VCR. It's like, oh yeah. Oh. Or the, the PlayStation 3, the first model PlayStation 3 that looked like a fucking bread bin. Oh, the, the Grill Master. Yeah, the Grill Master, the fucking George Foreman's PlayStation 3, yeah. Or the American um, Super Nintendo, just being weird oh, and gross and grey and purple. Just garbage, isn't it? Yeah, It's not so bad. I don't see how people can fight for that. People are like, it's so good, it's the best. And it's like, it's not. It's so bad. I hate it so much. Well, it's speak- so boring and dull. Speaking of ugly hardware, the original Nintendo DS. Yeah. That thing was a bit yeah. of an eyesore. That's very true. Big yeah. And, gray, and it wasn't even like, wasn't even like comfortable to hold. And it was just sort of gray no. and black. And, and it was like, it, it like they really embraced the idea of a clamshell by making it look like a clam. Yeah. Cause and it had like the, the point. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, the DS Lite came out. It's like, that's what we wanted. That one. It's like, Oh, this is good. Do this more. Oh. Um, yeah, or I yeah I still love like uh, the the GameCube. I love the game with its little handle. With the handle, it's great. Uh, and it's a little ATI Radeon sticker on the front. Like it's, um, yeah, I love the design of that and the color schemes that came in as well were really good. Like the purple and the orange. I still and, want an orange one so badly. Yeah, the orange ones are nice. I got my silver one. The silver one looks good. I like that. I have a black one. Um, it's good. And even the little mini discs as well. I kind of liked them. It was fun. Um, but yeah, I think I think especially if you're spending this much money on something like like a new console, you you want it to look good, and you want it to be something that you can show off. Essentially, I guess at a really superficial level. Um, well, you just it's don't like, want... hey, look, check out my new PlayStation. It's like, oh wow, that looks really awesome. You don't want an eyesore sitting near your TV, really. No, no. Absolutely not. You don't want an Ouya situation. Oh boy, the Ouya. But at the same time, Microsoft Microsoft have shown you can turn it around because the Xbox yep. One X and even the One S are sleek yep. and look nice compared they to the original Xbox nice. One, which was again I have one. I look at it, I'm like, wow, yep. you were just you were the size of a VCR, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Yep. The particularly the One S, I actually like the the half like flat like texture and the other half like a grill yeah like the, definitely the spotty kind of, it looks so nice like i really like the design of that um and the original playstation 4 i really like the design of that i like i like the angular i hate the buttons they're going for the power buttons suck power buttons suck i agree with that not great um buttons but yeah, are important in design 4. as well and the buttons mm-hmm. are terrible yeah. yeah and also the ps4 pro looks 
shit, and so does the the new PS4s. They look shit as well. Um, Honestly, I'm not crazy because of the buttons on the PS4. I just am not crazy about that design because they're so bad. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think it's important to have something that looks good and looks, for lack of a better word, looks expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes you want it more. Yeah, it's superficial, but yeah, I just wanted to look nice. I wanted to sort of fit in there and not stick out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's cool with like something like the switch and something because you're going to be taking with you. You you want to be able to whip it out and people go, oh, oh, that's a switch, and you're like, yeah, it is. Check out my switch, baby. Um. I'm starting to lose the plot now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but thank you very much, bro, for your question. Uh, and for letting us get a little bit superficial and a little bit, uh, vain about our consoles, which is good. It's always a bit of fun. It is. But I think it's about time we, uh, hit that big red FO button and wrap wow. this bad boy up. <laughs> Yep, told you I'm losing the plot. It's, yeah, so that, <laughs> you apparently are. That's a very aggressive way to end the podcast, Joel. I, I was trying to make it as casual as possible. Oh, like, I just, yeah, like, just the, the, the casual fo. It's yeah, it's the it's the Aussie version. It's like nah, just hit the big red <laughs> fo button. Get the out Aussie, of here. The Aussie version. Cheers, Cobber. Gonna go sink a few tinnies. We don't I hate we, myself. We, we don't have show. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? What have you done to Australia? I don't know. I just deteriorated. I just. I was just like racist towards myself. You don't no, even speak no. like that. I don't. I don't. I usually hate people who do. Anyway, um, that's about it for us. Yeah. Uh, once again, we want to thank you all for listening. If you've reached this point of a podcast, we truly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Both of those accounts are just dialogue options. If you search for those, they should pop up. Um, you can find me on Twitter at X, where lately I've just been tweeting. I've actually started tweeting tonight about my time with Middle Earth Shadow of War and how, oh. how frustrating the start of that game is, but it's still fun. So I'll, I'll probably tweet more into that same chain over the weekend. Uh, where can I find <laughs> you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at JollyMac. Uh, where one of the things I retweeted was uh, it was a tweet with just a list. It just says, 2017, Persona 5 comes out. Main plotline is about exposing the behavior of and changing the hearts of high-profile adults who do terrible shit. 2017, string of high-profile adults revealed to be doing some terrible shit. Damn, Atlas playing that long PR game. <laughs> I was like, fucking brilliant. That's great. That's and I good. Just sort of... It, that's good. I accompanied it with a tweet. I accompanied it with a tweet that just said "mind blown." That's good content um, right there. It was like four thirty in the morning. I was about to go to bed, and I saw that, and I was just like, "What? I can't sleep now." What? I'm so- yeah, it fucked me up. But yeah, that's what I've been tweeting about. Uh, oh. Before I forget, also don't forget to if you're whatever your podcast app or platform of choice you're listening to us on, don't forget to throw us a like or chuck us some stars or. Subscribe or share us around or whatever. It definitely helps. Um, But otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, we'll let our wonderful theme song, Strike Witches Get Bitches by Azure Flux, take us out. Stay up. Bye.